0: Hello, and welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And just like last episode, and also just so you know, for next episode, we're going to be finishing up our Infinity Countdown coverage, which means Joe's back. Hello. And Joe is a little depressed today because he apparently missed this, and I just told him today that Adam West is dead. Yeah, I didn't know that. See, he's very depressed.
1: Very depressed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Joe. So, We're almost done with Infinity Countdown. We have this episode and the next, and then we're done. Got it. And then comes Infinity Wars. Are we doing that? Yeah. Got it. A little later, but we'll be doing that. So stay tuned. That's what what it was counting down to.
1: Yeah, I I figured. They had to do it.
0: We're now doing events to lead up to events.
1: And I guess I'm not, I've been listening to some of, your, some of the other podcasts and it seems like uh, I'm not alone where everybody, you know, we like things when they're connected. We, we all want things to be canon and things to lead into each other. I want to I read something that is definitely connected. I don't want to read the, the one-off things that are in a different universe. If I have time, I'll read that. But I want to read stuff that's going into something else. Be like, all right, where are we going? I want to
0: keep that one ride going on so i understand i'm and happy with that yeah and that's fine i'm just making fun of the fact that it's an event yeah because like for instance infinity gauntlet it was a stories in the silver surfer that led to infinity gauntlet it wasn't a whole crossover yeah you know it was just in silver surfer so it still led into it it still was like you said it was that one story going on but it wasn't a special five issue mini series of like eight tie-ins
1: yeah right. yeah you know?
0: Just saying that's where it's at now. Not saying good or bad at this point, but I guess it depends on the event. But it's just kind of funny that now we're having an event to lead into the event. And speaking of this event, so today we have a couple issues we're talking about. Infinity Countdown number four. Infinity Countdown Black Widow uh, one shot. Infinity Countdown Champions number one. And Infinity Countdown Dark Hawk number two and three. We're doing all of that in this show? Yep. Awesome. And I read
1: them. Did I read them already? Of course you did. Yes, they were so good. (laughs) (laughs) They were something. (laughs) Yes, we will discuss them later on in this episode. Yes,
0: because you did read them. Because I did read them. I think everyone believes that now.
1: Yeah, you read them too? Of course. Yeah, we both read them.
0: Yes. All right, but first, let's give you a quick synopsis on Infinity Countdown 4, and then we'll get right to it. All right. Infinity Countdown number four. Writer Jerry Duggan... Pencils, Mike Diodato Jr., Mike Hawthorne, and Aaron Cooter. Inks by Mike Diodato Jr., Aaron Cooter, Terry Pallett, and Jose Mar- Marzan Jr. Colors by Jordi Belair and Frank Martin Jr. Letters, Virtual Calligraphy and Corey Pettit. Editors, Annalise Bissa, C.B. Cebulski, and Jordan D. White. Cover art by Nick Bradshaw and Maury J. Hallowell. Cover dated August 2018. On sale date... June 6th of 2018, with a cover price of $4.99. You can find this also reprinted in the Infinity Countdown trade paperback and digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. The Infinity Stones Soul Powered by the user's mastery of reality, can preserve the soul to allow for life after death, currently held by Ultron. Mind Power by the user's mastery of soul can grant telepathy or intelligence, currently held by Turk Barrett. Power. Power by the user's mastery of mind can make a person more physically powerful, currently held by Drax the Destroyer. Space. Power by the user's mastery of power can allow teleportation through space, currently held by the Black Widow. Time. Power by the user's mastery of space can allow a person to travel through time. Currently held by the Super Scroll, reality, powered by the user's mastery of time, can allow a person access to the multiverse, currently held by Captain Marvel. Previously, the Infinity Stones were reborn and scattered, passing from hand to hand across the universe, through time, transgressing the boundaries between worlds. The Guardians and the Nova Corps endured heavy losses protecting the Power Stone, only having escaped certain death by discovering the true nature of the stone, that it is controlled by the mind of whoever wields it. Elsewhere, Adam Warlock has located Ultron, who was preparing to launch rockets infecting the universe in his image. Silver Surfer, hoping to intervene, went to the lifebringer, Galactus, reformed from consuming lives and sworn to atone, and asked if he might destroy one planet to save the entire galaxy. But what will his answer be? Not long ago, in our first page prologue, we see the captive dwarf give a helmet he made to his mysterious captor, who then hits the dwarf. Back in the present, Galactus gives a silver surfer his answer. No. On the space station known as Nowhere, the Guardians meet up with the Nova Corps. Richard Ryder is going to go out and find his brother. Star Lord tries to convince him to wait for them. The plan is they will find the other stones and become the new Infinity Watch, making it much easier to find and bring his brother back. However, the plan involves them time-traveling back to this current moment, and when no one shows up, it's assumed they won't succeed, and Richard Rider goes off alone. With that, Eve Belkin and the Nova Corps demand the Guardians hand over the Power Stone. Just when a fight between the two groups is about to start, Drax settles things. He takes the stone and dares anyone, Nova or Guardian, to take it from him, and walks away. Star-Lord is then contacted by Nowhere's security chief, Cosmo. Two of the elders of the universe, the Collector and the Grandmaster, want to see him. They want his help of an Infinity Stone they have in their possession. There's something wrong with it. It won't work. Their meeting is interrupted by Philobel, daughter of Captain Marvel, and Moondragon from an alternate universe. Phylavel reveals that after the multiverse was reordered, the reality stone belonging to each universe was hidden in a neighboring reality. For reasons unknown. The stone that the two elders have is the reality stone from her universe. As we know, because our universe's Captain Marvel, aka Carol Danvers, has our reality stone. To keep things simple, Star-Lord gives it to them, and they leave. Back unsafe, Adam Warlock is facing off against Ultron when the Silver Surfer shows back up. With Galactus. Ultron at first thinks that it's the Guardian's Galactus Mecha, but learns that this is the real deal as he consumes the planet, destroying all of Ultron's rockets. Ultron is able to escape, but not before Adam is able to recover the Soul Gem. While he got away, he lost his ability to spread himself around the galaxy and the Soul Gem. However, in consuming the planet, Galactus is once again the Devourer, and the Silver Surfer is again The Herald of Galactus. All right. So Infinity Countdown 4. Now, one thing I'm liking about this series is how they don't jump too much. I mean, they do have a couple different stories going on, but they give you time for each one. It's not like a page here, a page there, a page here, a page there. Yeah, that bothers me. It's, you know, we have this one page with the dwarf, which we always have in the beginning. Yeah. And then, like, they have a couple pages of Adam and the Surfer, and then they go to the Guardians, and then they end with Adam and the Surfer. Yeah. So it's this is, very...
1: This is a good issue. It was really well done.
0: Yeah. Or at least I like it for the fact that when I'm doing a synopsis, it's very easy for me. Not really much happens with the dwarf, except he's still alive.
1: You almost see... You see something of the guy. This is the first time you see the guy that, that talks to him, right? Yeah. I never... You see the outline of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a mask on or something that he's taking off, right? Or putting on. I'm not sure which. I thought he was taking it off. I guess you're right. No, well,
0: because he had something on his head. He has a hood on first.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. Now, the
0: question is, is a mask under a hood, or is he taking the hood off to put on the mask?
1: I assumed that he was taking it off. It's hard to tell, because it's all
0: in shadow, because we don't know who it is
1: yet. His hood's back on at the end. He bitch-slaps the pip... And then uh, he puts this hood back on. Well, it's not Pip. Pip's brother.
0: But yeah, the dwarf. So maybe it is a hood, a mask under a hood.
1: Yeah, who knows. All right, but we said something.
0: I got got excited. I thought they were going to show him. Nope, not yet. All right, so and then we go to the first part of this, uh, the Adam Surfer story with Galactus the Lifebringer. Yeah, and the surfer's like, "I need you to kill people." He's like, "Uh, I don't know if I want to do that." <laughs> so not much there yet. No, he's just like, "I'm not doing it." Yeah,
1: just don't and make me get,
0: do that. Yeah, and then we get to the bulk, which is the guardians on nowhere. And I love this page with the guardians showing up, telling everybody what happened. Drax is like, "Then I blew, then I blew Warbringer almost to death with my saxophone after I regained regained my groove."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's funny
0: see this is why nobody likes you likes you <laughs> making up lies and being jerks
1: yeah the what's it called the Nova Force didn't seem to be very friendly at all no we'll, go, we'll get into that but yeah.
0: yeah
1: and then Groot makes he's like well Ant-Man died <laughs> cause they're all like yeah nobody died and <laughs> Groot's like wait what about Ant-Man your friend who's yeah. on the team for how many issues
0: he's dead Maybe we should call the Avengers. Yeah,
1: They're, I don't right? want to be on the Guardians of the Galaxy team anymore.
0: <laughs> that was funny, though, what uh, Raccoon said there. He's like, the important thing is we're okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe we should call the Avengers. Was he an Avenger?
1: <laughs> so that's how I was... When I was listening to your show, they were saying how, like... You guys were saying that um, Rocket doesn't care about anybody except the Guardians of the Galaxy. So I guess he doesn't consider—he uh, never really considered Ant-Man as a team member, right?
0: Rocket beyond Star-Lord—I don't think Rocket likes anybody from Earth.
1: Oh, oh, okay, but yeah, because it, I thought Star—because Star-Lord Lord was on the team.
0: Yeah. Well, I said beyond Star-Lord, I don't think he likes anybody who's from Earth.
1: So even if you are on the team, and but if you're human, he won't like you.
0: I don't think he, Iron Man was on the Guardians for a while, and I don't think he'd give a damn about Iron Man. Yeah. Rocket is a jerk. And then we have the best thing for time trap the best time travel thing. Nova, don't go off for your brother alone. Look, we'll get all the gems together, and we'll go together as the Infinity Watch. You know, we can't even go back in time. All right, well, let's come back now. That all was right. funny. I guess that didn't work. Off we go. That was <laughs> so,
1: funny. That was a good way to shut that down.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't work, so I'm just going to go on my own. Bye. Yeah. Nova's, Nova's smart. And then, of course, everyone's arguing over the you know the big argument over the Infinity Stone. Because, well, it's an Infinity Stone.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not... Well,
0: it wasn't done very well. They
1: could have like, all right, well, let's discuss. We have the Infinity Stone. You know, maybe we should take over it. But let's have a discussion. No, they're just like shoving the guns in their face. Like, give it to us.
0: Well, to be fair to the Novas, they might have a point there, because like Groot says, Groot is disappointed that after Groot saved the Nova Corps, they would be so intractable and greedy. That is the Guardian's modius modus operandi. It's like, that's what we do. We're jerks. Why are you being jerks? So to be fair, you know, if they're expecting the Guardians to be jerks, well, f- why ask you know. nicely? If you know when you're going to, if you ask someone nicely ten times and they're always a jerk, why would you ask them nicely the eleventh time?
1: Because you have to know how to handle a jerk. You can't yeah. You can't out-jerk a
0: jerk. But instead, Drax takes care of everything.
1: Yeah, who is Drax to take it away, too? Everybody's just, you know, doing whatever they want. What's going on with Peter Quill? He's the leader of the group. He just lets the, the whole team run all over him. Drax okay. just goes up and blows everybody and then leaves the
0: stone. <laughs> Drax might be the most powerful one out of all of them, though, right now, so... Oh, so might makes right, huh? Apparently. Yeah.
1: Pierre Quill is the worst leader ever.
0: No, we didn't say he was
1: that good a leader. No. Yeah. Anyway.
0: But I like that. I'm taking this. I'm tired of the yelling. I'm the destroyer. You want to take it? Come find me. Otherwise, deal. <laughs> I do love how Drax just takes control of that. He's like, shut up. I'm taking the Power Stone. Shut up. Go away. But then we get Cosmo. Have you okay. seen Cosmo in the books before? I forget.
1: No, never. It's a so, talking
0: dog. Yeah, he's actually yeah. a he's actually Russian. He didn't seem to have a Russian accent. Not always, but usually does. Usually does. Cosmo he's a cosmonaut. He was member in like, well, Matthew to remember, you were alive. But you know, like in the early fifties and stuff, when they were like sending dogs and animals into space. Were they really? They yeah, sent
1: monkey. I, I knew they sent a monkey into space, right?
0: Yeah, there were some dogs too.
1: Why'd they do that?
0: <laughs> don't ask. But anyway, so he's supposed they introduced him when they first introduced Nowhere. They introduced Cosmo as like the uh, head of security. And he was a cosmonaut dog that somehow, threw, I guess, what fell through a wormhole when he was out in space because, you know, they weren't gonna they weren't coming back and ended up on Nowhere and somehow ended up. I don't know how, but end up with human intelligence and telepathy. But somehow so, he still
1: has like broken English.
0: Yeah, sometimes. And that's why he wears that like spacesuit. Because in fact, if you saw the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, you see him in it briefly. When the, he's in, he's in one of the collectors' cages, and then when the collector's base blows up, he run out. And then at the very end, when you see the scene with Howard the Duck, he's the one licking the collector.
2: What do you let it lick you like that for? Gross. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they
0: did put him in there. Okay. But yeah, Cosmo's awesome. So Cosmo's the guy in charge of nowhere, basically. Or the security. That's why if you look at his uniform, you see that full, whole page of like him with the collector and the grandmaster. It says CCCP. Wait, what? Uh... Not the first page where you see Cosmo, where he's just sitting there, but the next yeah. page where it's all red. Yeah, and if he's. You right- his, if you look at his uh, outfit, it says CCCP. Oh, and what does that stand for? I don't know what the words it stands for, but that was basically what was like used for like the USSR. Oh, for the space program. No, not just for the space program. Other things. I'm not sure why they use that too, but yeah.
1: Oh, so he's a commie. Yeah. That's.
0: But he's a good dog.
1: We we don't deal with the Red. We don't deal with the Bolsheviks.
0: He was a good puppy. Anyway, he's been there for like 30 years probably. He's not so much a commie anymore. He's just a security guy.
1: He's a goddamn spy.
0: (laughs) Shut up. Combined
1: community codec pack. A software pack. Oh, that's for something else. Pat for microsoft windows yeah. to play
0: <laughs> oh my god microsoft is run by the commies. Uh,
1: it's an abbreviation for the soviet union or so soviet socialist republics but where but they don't oh because it's in russian that's why
0: yeah okay so it's using the, that that's how it would be with their letter cccp yeah okay that's why i never knew that and uh, that's who he's sitting with there. That's the Grandmaster and the uh, the Collector. They of course now remodeled them a bit so they look a bit more like, uh, you know, to be like the movie. What the hell are you doing?
1: Sorry. <laughs> what were we talking about? A <laughs> tool.
0: No, I'm just saying that's so that's who he's with, the collector and the grandmaster. But they grandmaster,
1: grandmaster is uh, the guy. Jeff Goldblum.
0: Jeff Goldblum. Okay, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, and the collector was Benicio del Toro. Yes. Obviously, they have them now looking more like those got versions than the other versions. Yeah. Oh, they do. I didn't really. Oh yeah, they changed them completely. I didn't think they looked like the actors at all. Like in No, I i say like the act. I don't think they can make them look too much like the actors, but they have a model a bit more like that. Um, I didn't. I didn't get that at all. But I guess. I, I. mean. I guess. Yeah. I guess they look more like it. Um,
1: they were both in the uh, Grandmaster... Metric. No. Well, Grandmaster... No. Were either of them in? Um, no. Neither of them were in. Um, uh, what do you call it? Where Thanos was hunting for the stones before oh,
0: the gauntlet. In, in. Oh yeah. No. Um. I don't recall. No, the Grandmaster was.
1: Did he have was he one of the ones that had the stone? Yeah. Do you remember which stone he had? I don't recall at this moment. Oh, okay. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Why is it all in red? That I don't know. They must be the room must be full of red. Yeah, maybe the room, yeah, because everything is normal and then they go in that room and it's all red.
0: Alright, so I just sent you a quick Yeah, okay. That's I what see. collector looked like originally. It was a lot more handsome. So they changed them a little bit. The collector got changed a lot more.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: But this is the thing we t- this is the thing that was touched on in the Captain Marvel one shot. Yes. At the uh, real- when reality was redone after Secret Wars, the reality stones were all sent over to like the universe next. We would have the universe to the left of us, Infinity Reality Stone, and then the universe to the right of us would have our reality stone, and so on and so forth. Like they were shuffled over like a universe, so they they'd be useless there why is that uh the way they work the infinity stones only work for that universe yeah i know that but why was
1: just the reality stones thrown don't know the, yeah it's still cool that they at least mentioned the uh the end of the multiverse yeah sometimes like I, like it doesn't well, like they don't mention it at all i guess most people don't know about
0: it right no of course not most people wouldn't know it just they wouldn't realize yeah you're right. but it even says here she's you know they say when she says uh Philo bell says why it happened you know what happened she says for safekeeping to be a pain who knows oh yeah yeah she does she's like i don't know so do you know who this is Philo bell no i don't captain Marbell's daughter oh. but and that's moon dragon with her
1: who's moon dragon
0: the the bald chick no but
1: like who is she
0: she was an avenger She's uh she's Drax's daughter. Uh. she has telepathy. She was raised on Titan. When Drax was killed by Thanos and they brought his body but they used his spirit to put in the body of the destroyer, they found his uh, daughter who was like a child and who so he they thought saw, was dead. Yeah, they thought it was dead. So mentor Dra- uh, uh, Thanos's father took her to Titan to be raised there. yeah is she alive in this reality? Uh, as I, far as I know, right now, in our reality, the two of them are dead. Oh, okay.
1: Because they're from a different reality. This, and are they? Um, are they lesbians? And uh, this were they lesbians in this reality?
0: Yes, they were. They were lovers. Oh. They're still
1: lovers. Okay, that's yep. cool.
0: Yeah. So they take their stuff. <laughs> I like that. It's like, give it back. It's ours. All right. Make it go away. We don't want to deal with this.
1: Yeah. You can one one challenge at a time.
0: I mean, he's right on that. Peter's right to do that. On the other hand, it's like, well, you don't know if they're evil or good over there. But that's that's over there. <laughs> Whatever happens over there, I'm the
1: hero of this reality. I can't I can't save every reality.
0: I he's right. Get it. Go. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. And did you see what she says before they leave? Uh, Scan their minds before we leave. Let's see if we can learn who Requiem is. Oh yeah. What's that? Who's Requiem? Uh, I don't know if it's said in, in the story yet, and I don't want to spoil too much, but Requiem is the person in the beginning who's holding the dwarf captive.
1: Oh, yeah, you just ruined it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, we just don't know who it is. Oh, how did you know his name was Requiem? Well, because I've read these before. Oh. Okay. I know the name's Requiem, but I'm not telling you who Requiem is, so. Oh, okay. All right, that's cool. And they don't know anything. Just but cool. I mean, it's. You know, it's like they want to learn who this mis- who some mysterious person is, and we have a mysterious person in the issue. So even before I knew who it was, odds are I knew that I figured that's who it was.
1: Oh, I didn't figure that out at all.
0: <laughs> Who's this dragon? <laughs> Who's this dragon on her arm? Her name's Moondragon. She has a dragon tattoo.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, so it's just any dragon?
0: Well, there is too much to get into. But yeah, her name's Moondragon. This is a dragon theme. You know, God. it's like. It's like that bat guy.
1: Batman. Yeah. yeah
0: it's like, here's my bat. Po- here's my bat. Batarangs. Here's my Batmobile. There's my bat copter. There's my bat plane. Oh, so. So here's. It's, it's yeah, my. She's, she's, you know, these are the bat poles. This is the whirly bat. Um, We got the bat boat. There's bat dog. I also have friends. I got bat girl. I got bat mite, I got bat woman. There's bat cow. And Robin. Ignore that one. He's a kid.s You know who they are. It's all about the branding. Moon Dragon's learning that. She's starting off. She's like, my name's Moon Dragon. What I got? What's the tattoo I got on my arm? It's a dragon. I wouldn't be surprised. On the other arm, she had the moon. That's true. That would make perfect sense. That it would. It's like Where's, I got a moon here. I got a dragon here.
1: We're gonna see more issues of her. Remind me if we see her again. Remind I will. me to check.
0: And that's it for the guardians. Yeah, good. That's enough. And now we're back to Adam fighting Pimtron. <clears throat> Pimtron. By the way, I was listening, when I was editing the last ep- episode, and we're ta- you're talking about how you're not happy with Pimtron being like jokey. And as I'm editing it, I'm thinking, you know what? When he was the lot, when he was Yellow Jacket, he was like quite kind of deranged. He was very jo- bad jokey, and like I bet you it's like the Yellow Jacket. I should tell Joey next time we record, and then two minutes later we talk about it. I was like, oh, never mind. I guess we thought about this. Oh,
1: oh, good. I didn't remember, but so and then I was
0: okay with it because I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, you're like okay. That that makes more sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because like I said last time, when he was he was Yellow Jacket. When he first showed up as Yellow Jacket, he thought he killed Hank Pym. Yeah. So, the Yellow Jacket is a very out of it personality. Yeah, he's funny. And remember Yellow Jacket
1: in the Avengers cartoon? Yeah. Like I forgot, Earth Mighty. I think it was Earth Mighty's heroes. heroes. He was pretty funny in that. Yeah. Like I remember, there was this thing when there was like a bomb, and she was like the some girl was trying to get him to like was, like do something. The bomb's gonna blow up, and he's just like eh, I don't really want to do anything. And then like he waits the last minute. And he's like, all right, fine, <laughs> and he shoots it. Yeah. And he's like, you could have done that all along. And he's like, yeah, you yeah. know.
2: Yeah, I've got nothing. It's going to explode. You've got about twenty five seconds. I can't evacuate two million people. There's not enough time. You have to do something. It's going to detonate. I can't stop it. Ten seconds. Tim. My name is Yellowjacket. No! Two seconds. I don't... What did you do? I sent it to the Microverse. It just swept out a few molecules. Why didn't you do that in the first place? Why'd you wait? I just wanted to see the look on your face.
0: Yeah. Yellowjacket's very arrogant and very like kind of a jerk. Very bad jokes. Yeah. I like Thinks that. he's great. Yeah. I like, I like that. And it kind of makes sense. And if that's the per- that's like the version of Pim's personality, you you know, Ultron's using or yeah. tapping into.
1: Yeah. It makes sense. That does make sense.
0: So, yeah. So Adam, unfortunately, Adam can't beat all the rockets. Until, dun dun, dun dun Silver Surfer shows back up. I like this. We will handle this planet. Who, who's we? And I was like, look up. Galactus. I don't know why
1: Ultron wouldn't, Pimtron wouldn't know that that was uh, the real Galactus, though.
0: Well, he probably figured, like, oh, you just went to the Guardians and got their fake Galactus, you losers. But he's a robot. Doesn't he have, like, some kind of
1: detect like i detect extreme amount of power or something
0: yeah yeah anyway i do like the fact he's like nope wait that's he's like oh crap that's real yeah and i do like that whole thing of galactus trying to consume the planet you can see the yellow like this color changing back to purple
1: oh i didn't notice that oh yeah yeah he's all purple now he's got a taste for the planet yeah. And he did it with all all without his. I thought he needed that strap on thing he uses. The machinery. Yeah. I guess not. Mm, maybe,
0: maybe not. I don't know anymore.
1: I guess maybe that's like a juicer. You know, like yeah. you can eat you can eat an orange normal, but sometimes you know you want to throw it in a juicer and you need, drink it.
0: You get more nu- get more nutrients. Maybe. Yeah. You know, he gets more nutrients if he does it the the proper way. But if he's just like, all right, I just gotta do it quickly. I can just eat it quickly and grab what I can.
1: Well, you get more you get the same amount of nutrients it's just um, you can have more oranges that way I mean if you eat an orange or if you drink an orange you get the same amount of nutrients so
0: unfortunately I know what you mean yeah so unfortunately Ultron escapes but at least they get the soul gem back from him yeah but of course he escapes
1: I mean I don't understand how he escapes but that's that's I mean they're in empty space like <laughs>
0: Well, but then, the, but then the, the the planet finally blowing up, all the energy like kind of knocks everyone back. So they're you know they weren't able to blast him yet. That's because true. See, they're, yeah, they're about to blast him, and all of a sudden they get hit with the wave from like Galactus destroying the planet. So he's able to sneak away during that whole thing.
1: I guess there's probably a lot of rocks. Yeah, I know yeah. he's on the rock. Yeah, there's like there's got to be like a, a
0: lot of stuff. A plethora of rocks. And I like that next page where you see them watching Galactus consuming everything, and Adam's like, how I. Adam's just like I've never seen I can't even look at this. And the surfer's like, I've seen it too many times.
1: He's like, he get used to it. <laughs> and he's like, guess what? I'm his bitch now.
0: Yeah. That was the that was the deal. Galact- I'm gonna make Galactus hunger again. And if Galactus is gonna hunger again, I have to help him. The Silver Surfer is once more the herald of Galactus. <laughs> da, da, da. Alright, so how was this one? It was good. It was really good. I liked it. Yeah. The story's
1: coming along pretty well.
0: Yeah. So now we have Drax again with the Power Stone, and Adam once again has the Soul Stone. And we're just going to figure out what's going on with the others. And we're going to see the others in just a few minutes when we see the Black Widow one-shot. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with that.
2: Can anyone hear us? This is Trey Lawson. And I'm James Hickson. Anyone can hear this broadcast. We need your help. We've been kidnapped and imprisoned in a tomb by this creepy old undertaker named Mr. Gravely. And he's forcing us to review his collection of Marvel horror comics. Stuff like Tomb of Dracula. Werewolf by Night. Man-Thing. Ghost Rider. And so much more. If you can hear this, please contact our families. Tell them we can be found at... (laughs) You can find James and Trey every other Wednesday at the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast. See you there, Tomb Believers.
0: (laughs) Infinity Countdown Black Widow, number one. Writer Jerry Duggan. Artists Nicole Varela and Brent Scroonover. Colors by Chris Peter. Letters, virtual calligraphy, and Corey Pettit, editors, Annalise Bissa, C. B. Simulski, and Jordan D. White, cover art by Yasmin Putri, and the two variant covers were done by Mike Delmundo and Bill Singevich. Cover dated August 2018, on sale date June 20th, 2018, with a cover price of $4.99. You can find this reprinted in the Infinity Countdown Companion Trade Paperback and digitally. On Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. A spy, an Avenger, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, has been in a number of things. Most recently, she was dead. When a mysterious package showed up at one of Natasha's dead drops, she was concerned for several reasons. First, Wolverine, who was also supposed to be dead, was the one who left it. Second, the package contained an Infinity Stone, And those things are nothing but trouble. Our story starts with Natasha involved in a rooftop chase as the hunted, thinking about how much she loved being thought of as dead. No one ever bothers you or tries to kill you. She had that. Until Wolverine left her with the Space Stone. She had made it from Madripoor to London without incident. But since she got to London, things got weird. She's at least able to use the stone to teleport, though only to whatever is in her direct line of sight but it's been useful to keep one step ahead of Jamie Braddock, Captain Britain and Psylocke's crazy older brother. Jamie is also crazy powerful, and is now dabbling in the dark arts. He's also become involved with some magical group, and they have ensorcered children to be used as hounds to hunt her down to get the stone. She wants to get out of town, but first, she has to save the children. She tracks them to their base, a private club, and takes out most of the people inside, Except for Jamie Braddock. He conjures some kind of mystic snakes who bite her. The whole event has not gone unnoticed. Merlin is watching through mystical and or scientific means and plans on helping after a quick pint at the pub. Natasha is finally able to deal with Jamie by teleporting him halfway into a wall and frees the kids. They are being held in a shed out back right by the wall that the slightly intoxicated Merlin is now peeing on. While the kids are now safe Natasha is being pursued by a dozen or so of those mystical snakes that Jamie was using, but Merlin is able to take care of them with ease. Not knowing who he is, Natasha attempts to teleport away, but finds him waiting for her each time. Feeling too tired now because of the mystical venom from the snake bite, she trusts Merlin enough for him to cure her. He also teleports her to New York so she can get to Doctor Strange quicker. Merlin vanishes before her eyes. After turning down her request for him to guard a stone, as he says... This is not my story. Quick note here. In part of the conversation about the Black Widow one shot, there's some kind of background noise. I think Joe's air conditioner came on. I edited it out as much as I could, but you'll hear that here and there throughout this conversation, but I don't even think it's in the whole thing. All right, and back to it we go. Infinity Countdown, Black Widow. So this is another one shot. It's not a mini-series, Showing the Black Widow with the... uh, Space Stone. And apparently she she's f- fighting Jamie Braddock, who's trying to find it. So, Joe, what'd you think of this one?
1: Um, it's okay. Yeah? Yeah, I don't understand. Why is she fighting? I mean, I understand that she has a Space Stone. Yeah, Space mm-hmm. Stone. Why is yeah, she that's why she can Jamie? teleport. Why is she fighting Jamie Braddock? He wants the Space Stone. Oh, but it seems like she went after him. No? I mean, I see. Let's see. I don't know. It doesn't seem like she's running from him. It seems like she's attacking him. Well, she's getting
0: well, a, she's getting attacked. She is getting attacked. But she's well, going yeah, right she towards said- him. She says she's trying to avoid engaging him directly because I don't want to have to fight for for my life against the children he's twisted up in knots. He's got them wrapped around his finger and is using them to stalk the Infinity Stone. So he's trying to find the Infinity Stone, but he's using these kids. So she doesn't want him to get, so she's running from him, but she also wants to try to get the kids away from him. You know, I mean, she could just leave, but she's not going to leave him with, but she's not going to leave him with these kids as his slaves. Yeah, that's a battle for another day. Oh, she's a superhero, you know.
1: That's what they do. They save kids. Yeah, but, you know, the target at hand.
0: Well, that's what they do. That's have, a captain. You do. have
1: the mission. That's not the mission, soldier. But anyway, she wants to, I just didn't, it didn't make sense to me. It's like, well, you know, isn't the mission the stone, you know? Seems well. like she's got ADD, but that's fine. I get it. Yeah, the kids, the children are our future. Except that she loses the uh, stone over, you know,
0: two but kids. No, she, she doesn't lose it. If she did. If she doesn't. If she did, where? Where did she lose the stone? Do you know what the word if means? Oh, oh, I think she, I, I thought you said. Well, I, I think you said she did
1: lose the stone over the kids. No, if, if oh. she were, she'd look pretty silly.
0: Yeah, but to be fair, also she probably has a better chance against Jamie Braddock with the stone than without it, because at least without with the stone she can teleport. Yeah, but and she also uses it to teleport him into a wall, which is pretty cool. We oh, have to, we have to get to that part. I don't remember that part. Anyway. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, I like this one a lot, actually. I found yeah. a lot. Of, I had a lot of fun with this
1: one. Jamie Braddock. He's always in his underwear, isn't he? Yes. He. You know what he reminds me of? That what? outfit. That guy from Boogie Nights.
0: Yeah. I know always
1: like when they're like doing the drug deal, and they're gonna rob him, and they got that kid uh, setting off fireworks, and the guy's just like high sh** playing. Yeah. Uh, was he listening to uh, Sister Christian? Yeah, Sister Christian.
0: Yeah, but yeah, he's uh, that's Captain Britain's brother and Psylocke's yeah. brother. But Was he, he wasn't he a
1: good guy at one point?
0: Maybe, usually not. But he might have been at one point, but you know, at one point, but maybe not because he is incredibly powerful, but also incredibly crazy. He basically thinks he's dreaming. He does not think any of this is real, so it doesn't matter what he does. Nothing matters.
1: So he still thinks
0: that, right? Oh, yeah. Didn't he have a bad neck? His neck was always
1: tilted to one side? At least that's where they drew him? Yeah. Remember, right? His neck would be always, like, all the way on, like, his head was... his, His ear was one to one shoulder, right? Yeah, I remember. Was that just to make him look weird? Probably. Like, artistic, uh, um, control... Yep. I don't know what you
0: call it. And, and now you know who the guy is that's helping her, right? The magician? That old
1: man? Yeah. I have no idea who that is. That's Merlin.
0: Oh.
1: From uh, King Arthur? Yep. There I go.
0: Because he's also the one that helped gave Captain Britain his powers. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> I like Merlin. He finds out what's going on. He's like, oh, I should go help. Ooh, I have just enough time to get a pint before I go help.
1: And he pees on a wall.
0: And do you see the graffiti on the wall?
1: I'll have to get to it. When he's peeing? Yeah. Yeah, who's that? That's, that's, that's Head. Deadhead. Oh, it's Deadhead! Well, that's cool. Yeah. What's going on before that? This is, I didn't get. Did, did, uh, what, did she, so she took his legs? She, I didn't get what happened. She stabs him,
0: right? Oh, back to Jamie Roddick. Now, she stabs him and then, so it basically teleports him into the wall.
1: Teleports him into the wall. I don't. Is he, he's in the wall. Yeah. Where's his legs? Inside the wall. They are. Yep. I would never have gotten that. It just it just looks like he stabbed him against the wall.
0: No, no. Because they have the little pop sound. That's for him teleporting. Okay. So you look at the panel, the page before she stabs him. Yeah. And then and he's like,
1: that doesn't do anything.
0: Yeah. And that's why she says buckle up. And she teleports. So she basically teleports about a foot or two to the side. So she's in front of the wall, but now he's half in the wall, half out of the wall.
1: Oh, okay. I can see it a little. Yeah, I see it a little bit.
0: So now part of him is inside the wall, which basically means, in other words, part of him is cut off. Yeah.
1: So his legs are in the wall. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But since it's Jamie Braddock, he'll probably be able to get himself out pretty soon and fix himself up, no problem.
1: Yeah. Did he always always have
0: these snakes? Um... I don't know. I've not read everything with him, so... Oh, okay. Anyway,
1: so Merlin's pissing on the wall.
0: Yeah. He's going to help her, but first, you know, gets a drink. Yeah, good for him. And then helps her release the kids and then basically sends the snakes away. Yeah, somehow Jamie got involved with magic, apparently, and grab the snakes. And I like how Merlin's like, alright, snakes, here. Go home, or be destroyed. And they're like, "Uh uh-oh, it's Merlin. Never mind, we're out of here. Where's his wand? I mean, it's, like, staff. Doesn't he have a staff? Not that I know of. Not like, uh... Gandalf? Yeah. He's not Gandalf. I thought
1: that they were, like, pretty close. Nah, well, look-wise. I thought it was like, you know, you know, like, DC has a version of a marble. Like, DC's marvel's version of batman dc's version of uh deep marvel's version of superman you know they all copy each other
0: yeah anyway i guess i'm wrong i'm wrong again but i do like how merlin is wearing star you know moon star pants
1: yeah that's interesting i noticed that i guess it goes with him yeah (laughs)
0: well they look like like, they look like pajama pants to be honest they do yeah and they're very stereotypical, like, ooh, we're going to draw a magician. Well, he's wearing a robe of moon and stars all over it.
1: Yeah. But he's all, like, he's all, like, dressed up on the top part. You know, he's got his little hat. He's got his scarf on with his jacket. You know, he's all a little prissy little thing. But then he's wearing pajama bottoms. It's cold out. Maybe that's why he's wearing a jacket. He's got a scarf on. and You know, he's dressed up, though.
0: Yeah, I like it actually there's another thing uh the first time merlin was used in marvel they had him drawn that way with like wearing a robe with stars and moons because that's how a wizard dresses yeah that i got and so i like the fact that he's wearing that that's what he's wearing now
1: yeah with a jacket yeah and a scarf and a hat
0: but i like how you i i like him a lot. he's fun he's just like yeah okay yeah i'll send the snakes away all right save the kids um. Yeah, you're poisoned, and she keeps teleporting away from him. He's like, he's there everywhere she teleports. He's like, uh, yeah, you could stop now. I'm not here to hurt you. <laughs> His pants
1: aren't always uh,
0: starry. Well, yeah, those last two. Those, yeah, that's probably a little coloring mistake or something.
1: Yeah. Well.
0: Oh, that's why he has magic.
1: Because he's Merlin.
0: No, no, no. That's why Jamie has magic. What? Those guys in the robes he was that were helping him. He got involved with some kind of magician magic group. Oh, uh, well, there you go. Because remember, she steals the bag. She guys steals the guy's wallet. He's like, of course they have a dice bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, because she's asking him. She said, who were those guys? I thought I was up against the Hellfire Club. Roland says, nah, those guys are sitting around drinking wine and grumbling about the X-Men.
1: Yeah, that's funny.
0: And then he saves her and takes her home to Manhattan and says, yeah, go find us. Dr. Strange. Yeah. Oh, and he says, uh,
1: you don't F with the magic makers. What's that mean?
0: I think that was her saying that at the end. She's like, I think that's her thinking it basically like she's a spy. Yeah. She's good with spy stuff. And she's been an Avenger. She's good with superhero stuff, but it's like magic. She's like, yeah, I don't screw with the magic stuff.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay, so Merlin gave Captain Britain his powers. Yep. So how did Jamie and uh, Psylocke get her powers?
0: Before Psylocke's she a mutant.
1: Was... Psylocke is a mutant. I think Jamie is too. If Captain Britain wasn't. Which... Not that I'm aware of.
0: That's weird. Well genetically. I mean Yeah, I know, I know it's not We're it's both not... left handed, but our brother isn't. Weird. It's just how it happens. Weird. It's genetics. Your genetics. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought I like this one. I thought it was a good fun story, but and the funny thing is out of the one shots, this one actually has the most to do because she actually does will later on come up with the Duck Strange and be involved in the you know, going forward. Should we be involved with Doctor Strange? We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, it's going to be in, in these stories. Either of Infinity, Infinity Countdown or Infinity Wars, I forget which. Will Merlin be or Jamie be involved in this? Nope, not at all. Well, then it's pointless.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But it's not necessary, obviously.
0: No, right. no, not necessary. I would put it in between, though, out of the ones, the one-shots we've done, I would put it in between the Daredevil and the Captain Britain. More necessary than the cap than the captain. Br- I'm sorry, Captain Marvel. More use, more necessary to the story than Captain Marvel, but less than Daredevil. Yeah, because at least the Daredevil is all about Turk, who does play a big role, especially in Infinity Wars. Yeah, Captain Marvel does. I mean, is involved as well, but that story of hers has nothing to do with it. This one, at least, kind of, you know, we had seen her across the, you know, in in across the world last time. And now she's in England, and this shows are getting to New York City, planning on going to see Doctor Strange. So this kind of at least does set up a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with it. It's not. It's not terrible. I mean, it's not bad. It's okay. It's okay. It just. I was like, I. I didn't. Um, yeah, it's a good. It's a great. It's a great show. It was a great comic. I loved it. A plus.
0: You don't have to like everything.
1: No, I love it. Shut love up. It. You're it's the best comic ever. Gotta hate you. I'm not going to do any more episodes because it's it's all downhill from there. I, there are some parts, and there's some parts I definitely like. Like I like seeing Jamie because he reminds me of the guy from
0: Boogie Nights. Nice. No, I can see that definitely. Okay, so Finny Countdown Black Widow. I think we said everything we we're going to say about that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like the story, but there's not much to it really. It's she fights Jamie, saves some kids, and hangs out from Merlin. Yeah. But I was entertained by it. So, yes. Anyways. Good
1: enough. If you like Black Widow, and you yeah. want to see what she, if you like Black Widow, and you want to see what she was doing after she got the stone, well, then go and read that episode. Yeah. If you don't care about Black Widow, then you know you don't have to.
0: Exactly. All right. Up next is, is Champions. Champions number one. Number one. And this, like Darkhawk, is an actual mini series, although only a two issue mini not four issues. So here is the synopsis: Infinity Countdown Champions Number One, writer Jim Zub, artist Emilio Liazo colorist Andy Troy, letters by Virtual Calligraphy and Clayton Cowles, editors Annalise Spissa C. B. Sobolski, and Jordan D. White, cover art by Clayton Crane, and the variant cover by Mike Diodato Jr. and Rainier Barredo, cover dated August. 2018, on sale date June 20th, 2018, with a cover price of $3.99. You can find this reprinted in Champions Trade Paperback Volume 4, the Infinity Countdown Companion Trade Paperback, and digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. When society became disillusioned with its heroes, the next generation made a vow to do better, to make a difference, to change the world. They are the Champions. When the Infinity Stones were reborn, the universe was thrown into chaos as both heroes and villains raced to locate them. And as battles broke out where they were found, the leader of the Chitauri, Warbringer, sought the Power Stone, hoping to use it to reclaim his planet from Thanos' control. And now, the Champions are about to end up right in the middle of it all. Sam Alexander, aka Nova, is woken up in the middle of the night by a distress call coming from his Nova helmet. Hearing that the other Novas are under attack from his old enemy, Warbringer, Sam rushes off to help. But it can't help but think about how hard it was to defeat Warbringer, even with the Avengers. So he calls on his own team, the Champions. Most of the team, Wasp, Snowguard, Ms. Marvel, Viv Vision, and Ironheart, are able to head out with him right away. While they don't have a spaceship, he is able to extend his force field over the champion's mobile bunker and fly them all out. They make it to the coordinates from the distress call, only to find everything destroyed and no one alive. While the champions search, they are being watched by an Ultron bug, which decides to sneak aboard their bunker for further observation. Using one of the few remaining communicators, Sam responds to a call from Scott Atz, one of the leaders of the Nova Corps. Sam tells Scott about what happened, but ignores orders to return to headquarters, as he feels Warbringer is his responsibility. The champions track Warbringer to orbit around Chitauri Prime. Sam rushes out to fight, but Warbringer takes him out quickly and throws him down the crash onto the planet's surface. The rest of the team lands to find all of the Chitauri kneeling before their new king, Thanos. The Chitauri are unable to do anything without orders from the king, and Thanos does not care about them at all. Warbringer has come here to free his people from Thanos, but he knows the face Thanos is to die. So he is here to exterminate his people. Unable to just stand there and watch genocide? The champions attack Warbringer. Okay, so have you ever heard of Champions, Joey? Yes. So you do know who the champions are? I wasn't sure if you heard of them. Um,
1: I mean, no, I didn't really know of them. But I've heard the name before. And now I know.
0: There was a team back in the 70s called the Champions. It featured... Ready for this? Ready for this team? Angel, Iceman, Hercules, Black Widow, Ghost Rider,
1: and Ghost Rider. Yeah. Oh, and and Ghost Rider.
0: and, and, and uh, Dark Star.
1: And okay, that's here you go. Because uh, I was waiting for the. If you don't to say and at the end, then it seems like there's more.
0: So. Um, <laughs>
1: so um, yeah, well that's what I know it from because I know that Iceman and Angel went on a different team. I remember there was uh, when they left the Axeman and until yeah. until they went to Axe Factor. Right? Well, until
0: they went to Defenders. Oh, well maybe that was
1: it. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. But no, I didn't really know the champions. But I know like the name sound is familiar. I know I've seen the name around. Yeah,
0: well, you but know, I had have- no idea
1: what this team.
0: Yeah, you know they have to bring these they have to bring these things back every once in a while, or else they lose copyrights. So yeah, that makes sense. So now so what, these
1: are the champions.
0: Yeah, right now the champions is basically the young heroes. The the
1: yeah. the young what was the they're the young Avengers are they still young Avengers? Not sure, but like yeah, with, with like, young, What is it like? Um, young Captain
0: America. Yeah, Patriot and Wiccan and uh, Hulkling and the girl the younger girl Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah, you don't know you don't know if they're around anymore. They come back and forth.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, they're the Young Avengers. They're the New Warriors. You know, they're X Force. They're you know they're they're the team of the younger you know the younger heroes. Oh, oh New team.
1: Warriors. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. The That's, new mutants too. Yeah.
0: Exactly. They're the they're the young team of heroes. Yeah. So in fact, for a while there, I believe, um, you know how when they did X they did X Men where they brought the original five. From like the early days of the team into the future, into the present?
1: Yes. All Cy- new.
0: Yeah. Cyclops, the young Cyclops was a member of Champions for a while when it started. Yeah, I remember that.
1: <clears throat> it's funny. I love, as much as I love Cyclops, when they're any, like, so like I even look up, like I'll look up, like, what's, I'll read anything with Cyclops in it. And then they'll be like, well, here's young Cyclops. Like, I don't want to read young Cyclops. <laughs> I want to read Cyclops, Cyclops.
0: But so, these are all young t- young heroes. There's one or two who couldn't make it. They said um, the Hulk had a whole, had a sort of sidekick, you know, because he doesn't really have. Hulk doesn't really have sidekicks. He has like people that hang out with him for a while. One of them was Rick called. Jones. Well, yeah, Rick Jones is the closest to an actual sidekick. But there was a couple others that hung out with the Hulk. One of them was Amadeus Cho. And, Amadeus, uh, Amadeus. Yeah, and in fact, he got. Oh, um, Amadeus Cho. Yeah, the Asian Hulk. Yeah, that's who they're that's who they're talking about when they said. Hulk, we couldn't get Hulk. That's oh, what they were talking about. I I don't remember that part. We'll get to it. Okay. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you know who this Nova is? Obviously, this is the Sam Alexander Nova. He's the son of the other Nova, right? He's
2: no? the son
0: of another uh, of a, and another. He's the son of another Nova, yes, but not the one that we were seeing in the main series, not Rick yeah. Rider.
1: Not Rick Rider, another Nova. Yeah.
0: yeah, his dad is Nova. Never appeared before he did. Yeah. You know, what I mean, yeah. like he his dad was invented for his series. We never saw him before. Oh, you never. He was never. We oh. never saw him. Oh, okay. He, he was created that. to be a no. You know, it's like oh, his dad was a Nova. Because there's a million Novas. Yeah, there's or a bunch a thousand of them. Novas. There's a bunch of them out in space.
1: How many would you say, like thousands, millions?
0: Mm, maybe hundreds or thousands, not millions. How many Green Lanterns are there? That all depends on what they're do whether or not they decide to make Hal Jordan go crazy and kill them all again or not. That's funny. All right, I need to read that. Sometimes there's one. Sometimes there's three thousand six hundred. Sometimes there's seven thousand two hundred. Oh, okay. Well, there's actual numbers for that. That's kind of well, cool because the Green Lanterns are definitely separated into sectors. Yeah. And they said there was 3,600 sectors, 3,600 sectors. So, for all the originally, it was one green lantern per sector of space. But that changed. Uh, more recently, when they were doing it, they had it where all the green lanterns were partnered. You
1: so, know, it's two like each per, week. two yeah. per section.
0: Well, maybe because they had that point, there was like six or seven green lanterns from Earth. And they're like, well, we got to figure out some way to keep all our Earth green lanterns, but we can't have. You know, so it's like, OK, well, if we have one working on the main planet and we say everyone's partnered, that's at least two of them. And if we partner one of them up with one of the alien ones then we got, you know, we can spread them around a bit now. Yeah. But then also there was that time in the night. There was a time when Cal Jordan went crazy and killed everybody and there was only one Green Lantern left. And then he was restarting the core and there was like, you know, 15 or 20 because he was trying to restart it. So how weak um, could the heads. how weak
1: can the core be? That one of them killed the rest of them. They all have the same power.
0: Right? They uh, all have the same thing. He went into the beam battery and he supercharged himself. Oh, well, you know, that makes sense. And the more apparently he kept sucking up more of the power. So as he killed more of them, he took more power. Oh, it's like Highlander. Or I was thinking of the movie The One
1: never seen it. With I've never Jet seen Lee. Highlander either but I know yeah. the theory of it. But
0: yeah same thing but the thing with Jet Li in the one it was like he went through all the different dimensions killing himself and every time he killed himself in another dimension he gained like the strength of that one so now he had like let's say if there's like a thousand of him throughout the dimensions each one splitting up in equal amount of strength is he killed a, one of them he now was doubled and then he killed another one who's even stronger. That sounds cool. Is that a good movie? I do not think it was. <laughs> okay well the idea of it was? Yeah, the idea's is cool, isn't it? Yeah. Like towards the end, he was like able to like you know he was like superhuman. You yeah, know, He was that's like break awesome. wall, you know, breaking steel of his wall, you know, of his punches and stuff. That's awesome. I mean, granted, I've not seen it in, like twenty something years. Yeah. Let's just stay with the theory of it.
1: All right. Sounds like uh, sounds like the comic book of Hal Jordan is better. Same theory. Yeah. Probably better story, right? Good story. For Hal Jordan, it was yeah. decent enough. Well, it was good enough. I liked it. That doesn't make me want to read it. it
0: was, no, it was pretty good. It was interesting. It was pretty cool. He kills people, so... Okay, well, that's cool. He kills Kilowog. I want to
1: say that's, like, the ugly-looking alien guy. The really yeah. big, big-looking yep. alien guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. He's, like, kind of, like, almost pink.
0: Yeah. Looks like a big warthog,
1: almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, that's He's, cool. Yeah,
0: Did he kills kill nuts. any of
1: the, uh, Earth,
0: Earth, uh... At that time, no, because Guy Gardner was no longer a Green Lantern, and I don't know about John Stewart, and that's who all there was at the time. There was just the three of them. Stewart, John Stewart's the one that was in the cartoon. Okay, John Stewart is the Guy yeah. Gardner is the redhead. Yeah, he's the angry one. The ginger. Yeah, can I say ginger? Is that a is that appropriate? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. Guy Gardner's want <laughs> the Guy Gardner's the want the mo with the mo from the Three Stooges haircut.
1: Yeah, the ginger.
0: He's the one that gets punched out by Batman in Justice League.
2: Remember
1: yeah, 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 that's funny. So there's Guy Gardner, the ginger. Yeah, uh, John Stewart, the yeah, African American. Uh, African American. The one who's on, the one who's in the cart. The ones in the cartoons. Yeah, and he's also the soldier, right? Yeah. he was a soldier. And there's one other one, right? There's Kyle. He's kind of like the. Artist. He's kind of an asshole too, right? He's the arrogant one, right? No, I don't think so. He seemed pretty arrogant. And wasn't he the one that was in the uh, the new Fifty Two?
0: There were at that point there was like six of them.
1: Oh my god! Uh, well, when you watch the the DC movies,
0: he's not in any he's not in any of the movies, really. The think, animated movies. I don't think they've used Kyle. They always they always go back to Hal. In Kyle's, the animated in the animated movies, yeah. Mm. I'm Hal's agree. the arrogant one.
1: I agree to disagree with that. <laughs> maybe no, maybe I'm wrong.
0: Maybe I'm thinking you No, know, this. Kyle's that, oh. Kyle was the one that was created to replace Hal. When Hal went crazy and killed everybody, Kyle's the one who became the last Green Lantern. I thought I read something where he was like it seemed. No, because Kyle was the one who didn't know what he was doing Kyle was basically, everyone else got training and stuff like that, it was part of a whole army. uh Kyle was basically, he had like the last, like, Halleck killed all the other Lanterns, Halleck killed almost all of the Guardians, and like the last Guardian showed up with a ring, threw it to Kyle, and Kyle's like in the, Kyle's like in a club, it was like 93, he was like in the back of, outside of a club getting some air, and like the little, the alien shows up, throws him the ring, goes, here you go, and leaves, and he's like what the hell do I do with this?
1: Oh, okay. So he didn't even want this job or I mean he
0: didn't mind taking it, but like he didn't know what he was doing. He was definitely not arrogant. He was like, I don't know what I'm doing and oh god, I hope I don't get killed.
1: Oh then I guess they made Hal Jordan arrogant.
0: Hal Jordan is like... always arrogant. Was he? Oh yeah. Oh, I
1: didn't realize that. Well I fair, guess, he was a test I guess you pilot. have to be. Yeah.
0: He was a test pilot. You kinda have to be to you know be like, I'm gonna take this experimental craft up that we're mostly sure will work, right? Yeah, you're mostly sure it's going to work. I'm going to take this experimental craft up into the air that we're mostly sure will work, and I'm going to try and go faster than anyone's ever gone before. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I'll be fair. You have to be a little arrogant to do something like that. Yeah, that doesn't A does normal person sense. would be like, "Uh, wait, can norm- things that we know work do this? No, they can't. Well, we're going to do this, take this thing that we don't know works at all, even normally, and do crazy things with it. Yes. You can go kiss my ass. I'm going to go get a drink. This segues very well into the
1: champions, because speaking (laughs) of arrogant people, let's go to Sam Alexander.
0: Yeah, Sam's a little arrogant and also very headstrong. Sam's very like, this is my fault and I got to fix everything that's my fault.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that because it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around all this stuff because I'm like, like, I wouldn't do all that stuff. <laughs> it seems pretty stupid. Um, you know,
0: that's why he calls them. I mean, if you notice in this page when he's when he makes the call, he says the the you know, he says Warbringer nearly killed me. He's like, I don't think I can beat him alone. And he sits there for a minute in the air doing nothing. And then he makes a phone call. Yeah. He's like, um, I was going to leave you a voicemail. I'm um, that's, I, I think that was total BS. He was like, he was making the call to ask without asking.
1: Yeah. So he was are like, we just getting into it? Or are we right there? Yeah, we're into it. Okay, so that's fine. Yeah, we're right there. He's making the phone call. He's like, please, he's like, please answer,
0: please answer, please answer. Yeah, why wouldn't a robot answer? Um, well, I mean, I don't know how robotic she is. I've had, She's the Vision's daughter. Yeah, isn't she the so, same? Well, the Vision's Synth- remember, the vision was a synthesoid. Yeah. The difference with the vision is a robot
1: is. Yeah, I know there's a difference. Explain yeah. it. But, uh, yeah, tell me, tell me the difference. But I, I know there is. But explain.
0: But yeah, basically a robot is like a just a robot. You know, it could be whatever shape, whatever form. It doesn't have to do anything. The vision was made in a way where like he has artif. It's like the original Human Torch. He was supposed to be like artificial human. So he has like, as far as I understand this, unless I'm wrong, the vision has like fake lungs and a fake heart and fake this and fake that. Yeah. So, I don't know if he sleeps or not. Well,
1: according to this, she said, I'm a synthetoid. Sleep is not a biological requirement for proper functioning.
0: Oh, well, never mind. It says it right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, he doesn't know his team very well. Is he the leader? Probably not. Yeah, well, he needs to, to, uh, you know, read the, uh, whatever you call it, about your... I'm sure there's got to be, like, you know, you're on a team together. Okay, well, here, get to know your teammates. You know, there's strengths and weaknesses. If, if one of them is going to
0: be a team, a leader, since we'll skip them, you know, they, they call them all the rest of the team and get who get everyone awake, and they meet yeah. them there. They meet them. Uh, if any of them is the leader, because I've not read any champions yet, so I don't know who's a leader, yeah. I would guess it's either Miss Marvel or Ironheart.
1: Ironheart is, oh, Ironheart is Ironman. Iron Man, yeah. Iron Girl. Iron girl.
0: She was basically smart enough to make her own armor.
1: Yeah. Well, just because you're, uh, just because you're smart in one way doesn't mean, like, my one friend at work, he's so tech smart, but,
0: like, obvious smart, you know, sometimes he's laughing. I know, but I'm just, based on what little I know, Yeah. yeah. my guess is either her or Ms. Marvel, because out of all of them, Ms. Marvel has the most experience. You know, she's been around as a character longer than all of them including Nova. I'm yeah. pretty sure. So, I would put one of the two of them as the leader, because, for those reasons. God. You know, but, I don't know, could be wrong. But yeah, so we have, uh, yeah, a new, basically a new Iron Man, we have Miss Marvel, we got the Vision's daughter, Snowguard, who I don't know, but I guess she has animal powers, and, uh, a new wasp.
1: Is, is Janet still alive? Yes. Okay. Who is she?
0: She's the daughter of Janet? I'm not sure, because I thought she was Hank Pym's daughter, but she's called Van Dyne, so I could be wrong then. Yeah. I thought she was Hank Pym's daughter, because I thought Janet didn't know about her. I thought I remember reading something where Janet met her. So you'd think if she was Janet's daughter, Janet would know, hey, I had a kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do who I did thought you she a, was do you have an idea of who the mother was?
0: I thought it was Hank Pym's first wife, the one who was killed way back before he met Janet.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And
0: in the was, in
1: the in the first Ant Man comic book, or it wasn't even Ant Man comic book.
0: Yeah, the first, and the, intru- first the introduction of him. Yeah. Not the first one. Not the first time he uses it becomes short, but the first time he becomes Ant Man. Yeah. He references being married and his wife was an escapee from like one of those communist nations. And then they they decide, well, let's go back there for our honeymoon. And she's <sighs> killed.
1: That's funny.
0: And basically, I, I thought I remember reading that the thing was that she actually wasn't killed. She was basically kept captive for whatever reason and was pregnant already. And oh. so the child was raised there, which would be why no one knew about her.
1: That's cool. That's a cool story. You know,
0: but why she's called Van Dyne. I don't know. Maybe maybe Wasp adopted her.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, I could see the loss of doing that.
1: Why would she change her last name?
0: Oh, you're adopted. A lot of times, you know, you do change. But your She's life. Hank. She's Hank Pims. I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Anyway, so, so they go. They they're off go into, into space, space, and they find the Chitauri planet, or they find a planet. Sorry, not the Chitauri. They don't planet. say where they're at, right? Yeah.
1: I don't understand. If they've never been to this place, why are they so shocked that they see a wasteland? Why did they expect to see anything?
0: Because that's where the coordinates were for the uh, distress call he got.
1: Oh, he knew that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. So they're expecting to
0: see somebody alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and is, instead, yeah. there was nothing. And of course, they're being watched by Ultra, Ultron. What's Miss Marvel's powers?
1: Because I just assumed that she was like. You know, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. Nope. But she looks like she's I'm an looking inhuman. at that She's what? She's an she's, inhuman.
0: She can basically it's kind of a kind of a shape shifting, but it's really just like she can make herself bigger or smaller. Or parts of herself stronger, bigger. Stronger. Because are yeah. you looking at the panel I'm looking at? Yep. Where she's where they're like lifting str- up the uh, Yeah. Yeah, she that's can make her arm cool. Yeah, she makes her she makes her arms or legs like bigger or smaller, or even her whole body. But it's not just Grow big and shrink small. She can also like make her hand huge.
1: Yeah, that's her hand. So be, she can also yeah. like,
0: you know, she can also just punch you, but punch you with a giant hand with her regular body, you know, body normal,
1: and obviously much, much stronger.
0: Yeah, I have to assume.
1: I mean, that's a very big rock. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go on.
0: All right, so they track they track the energy signature back to where it came from, where whoever did the fight, you know, most of the killing, and they find Warbringer and. Of course, Sam is stupid and runs out to fight him and gets his ass kicked. Yeah, just leaves his whole crew there. Yeah. And then they land down on the ship and it turns out they're on the Chitari home planet. And we finally, in this series, get to see Thanos. Dana. So he conquered the Chitari and took over their planet, but he doesn't give a damn. He's like, you guys do, do not why?
1: He's a jerk. So there's nothing, like, is it just, it seems weird that he just doesn't care about anything. Uh, is it, is there a backstory to that that you know about, or no?
0: Not that I'm aware of. I don't recall what led up to
1: this. Was there even a backstory to him capturing the Ichizari?
0: I don't, uh, not that I remember. Okay, i just wondering. I have no idea. I think Thanos is just being a jerk. Okay. Um. yeah I don't know I'll have to look later on to see where he appeared last and see what was going on with this but yeah I like this so Warbearers to free his people is going to kill them all because apparently yeah. they can only fight if the king tells them to do what the king tells them to and since Thanos is the king now if he says nope I don't care then they can't care yeah makes sense
1: and for some reason the, uh, the champion to care well, they're superheroes. They can't just watch people get killed, of course, for they no reason. You know, if Batman, see, that's where comic book logic is dumb, and it's only logic to, uh, to make the story go, to make there be a fight, and because, all right, like, you'll see Batman go. I will not kill. I will not kill. Okay, I get you. You won't kill. All right. He's like, well, the Joker's about to die. I have to save him. No. Nope. That is a difference. That is a huge difference. You don't have to save the Joker. The Joker put himself in that situation. You were, he, he put, and what's it called? You're allowing nature to take its course. Many people would not die if you didn't save Joker, but you liked Joker better than you like other people. And also the stories would be not, be not as good because the Joker would be dead and you have to think of a reason to get bring him back to life. So yes, you will
0: save him. So that is comic book logic. That I cannot argue with. These kids wanting to save defenseless people, even even if they think of them as bad guys, I think is different. They're soldiers, though, right? They could be soldiers, but they're not necessarily. They're just the people of this planet. Soldiers that will kill other people if they're commanded to, right? They're well, the enemy? Yeah, They could be, but they don't always have to be. could be any soldiers anywhere. doesn't mean you're going to just kill people randomly. Well, I will make a prediction
1: that these soldiers are going to be killing... They're going to be, a, uh, what's it called? They're going to be a problem in the future. I,
0: I could, maybe, I'm not arguing that one. I'm just saying I can see why while while these guys are doing this. It makes more sense character-wise than the, what uh, as opposed to the Batman thing where I agree with you. You know, it's one thing to not kill. It's another thing to go, I'm going to go Russia. I'm going to go put myself in danger to save the life of the homicidal maniac who's killed hundreds of people. Yeah. But they are putting themselves in danger. There is a big, there is a difference. You are right. I'm not saying you should agree. You have to agree with them. I'm just saying I see a difference there. One makes sense for the characters as they are. So, no, these are a bunch of idealistic 16 year olds. I can see that why they're doing it. The Batman thing. It's like, yeah, you don't like, hey, Bruce. Yeah. So did you just punch the jerk around and time up? Yeah. You're going to kill him. No. All right. That's cool. You know, hey, Bruce. Yeah. Is that the Joker in the middle of a bunch of bombs he set off? You know, yeah. But you got all the innocent people out of the way, right? Yeah. How much time do you have to save him? Five seconds. You'll probably die. Yep. Hey, look at that puppy over there, Bruce. Why don't you look at the puppy? That's yeah, a better don't
1: get at all, even if you have 20 seconds. That's 20 a better seconds. use of your time. Even if you have, like, 20 minutes. Why do you have to save them? Nature take its course, you know? You can't... You can't... Listen... You know, the universe is much bigger than you or me. Oh.
0: Well, although I will say this. 20 seconds, yeah, don't save him. 20 minutes? Here's the thing. It's the Joker. You give him 20 minutes, he's probably going to get away, sneak off somewhere and then pop up when you least expect it. At least if you save if there's 20 minutes, at least if you save him then, he gets sent back to Arkham, at least you know where he is until he escapes and then you know when he escapes. So you know when to watch out for him. 10 seconds? Well, that's not... Then you would even say that's not saving him. That's capturing him. Yeah, that's capturing him. But you don't... He's not in... He's not in jeopardy. That. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if there's like 10 seconds left, it's like, all right, let him go. It's okay. He'll die, and, you know, everyone's happy. He'll still come back, of course, but... Yeah. Magic! Magic. All right. But either way, so that's champions number one. So what did you think of the book and the team? It's pretty good. It's like I said, it's something... I mean, like... You gotta get you gotta go through comic uh, logic with this one a lot. But besides that, I liked it. It was good. It's well, what good. do you mean by I, comic logic? Comic logic. I mean, I thought we both kind of agreed that this one wasn't so much that logic as the Batman idea- example. And beyond that, what was it? It's not as much.
1: It's still it's still in that degree where it's like you should just you should just leave. You well, I you think know, you have I enough problems. I Plus. Difference Plus of a uh, the uh, what is it? What was the other thing? Oh yeah, like so he's talking to uh, what's his name? Who's he? Scott it. Okay. And, oh, what do you, Oh, when Nova's talking to him. You mean Nova's talking to him, right? Yes. So Nova did. All right. The whole point is this of this story is that Nova heard a distress call, right? Heard distress call. Oh, no, this, we need you. We need your help. We're under attack in this outpost, right? Mm-hmm. So he feels like it's his responsibility. He's part of Nova Corps, you know, to, uh, to you know, the distress call was to him, so he has to respond. Okay, that makes sense. So he we went, gathered his team, and responded, right? For some reason, he wasn't able to talk to anybody. I think they need to figure out better communication systems for that Nova helmet. But, besides that point, so he gets there, they're all dead, right? He talks to, uh, what's, what is, Scott adds it, who is he, was he like a general or something? Something like that. Okay, I'll just call him general. So he talks to General Scott, adds it, the commander of the Nova Corps, right, Nova Corps? Yeah. Okay, and so, so at this point, point, and he explains, sorry Scott, they're all, it's all gone, you know, it's toast, all right? So at this point, if what he should do is say, all right, so I've responded, you're the leader. I told you what happened. What would you like me to do? Keep in mind, I'm 15 years old, and I brought a bunch of 15-year-old kids with me from Earth, all right? But he doesn't do that. He doesn't even give uh, his commander a... A point to a a chance to respond he goes
0: he goes i'm gonna go and take care of this myself well here's the thing see things like that though it depends who's doing it sometimes it's that kind of logic to make a story this is character this is a 15 year old who feels like warbringer is his responsibility and was never actually was basically given the helmet because he found his father's helmet after his father vanished. He was never actually trained as a member of the Nova Corps. 15 year olds are not known always for their great judgment and ability to follow directions and leadership. 15 year olds are the ones that you expect to go to think, well, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I want to do and then have it blow up in their faces. That's probably one of the beauties about 15 year olds in comics is that you get they get to do these things and it makes sense because they're stupid 15 year olds. If it was another Nova, especially one who had been in the Nova Corps for years and was trained with them, and he just did that person just he or she just did that, that would be random logic for a story. In this instance, I go with dumb kids. Okay,
1: but it's still in my head it's still comic book logic because In the end of the story, unless they, unless the story brings out with, uh, ends with him being removed from the Nova Corps because he disobeyed a command, because he must be part of the Nova Corps to have that helmet in some way or another. Or if he's not part of the Nova Corps, then he shouldn't have that helmet. Um, then, uh, I don't think he should. Unless that turns out that way, they're probably going to say, it's probably going to be more like, oh, will the ends justify the means. Even though you disobeyed orders and even though, uh, you know, you might have made things worse. You know, you don't know. You're not in charge of uh, – well, you don't know how these things work. Um, you don't know if I had other plans and what if you disrupted it. Maybe yeah, I didn't want you to go against the Warbringer. Um, and so maybe, you know, maybe a 15-year-old kid should not have this
0: uh, helmet. Unless, yeah. I, unless it turns out to that, then it turns into – to
2: well,
1: comic
0: project yeah well you then you can't say it's something until something happens as of right now well it's just a 15 year old stupid kid te- stupid kid teenage hero who does what all stupid kids do stupid ideas stupid things um, now i don't think i don't think i mean i understand what you're saying but i don't think you can call it a negative thing the negative thing until the negative thing happens you can't say well the negative thing may or may not happen depending on how the rest of the story goes so it's a negative thing now do you know what i mean like you can't say it's a bad. it's like say it's like a. it's like reading part one of a story and no and somebody saying there's a plan but you don't know what the plan is yet so therefore you're like well it's a d- it's a bad plan because we haven't heard it yet you know they might not have revealed it yet but doesn't mean it's a bad plan
1: Nah, yeah, I've read enough. <laughs> I've read enough comic books where I know how these things work most of the time.
0: Most of the time. Okay. Well, that's your opinion. Like I said, I don't think it's. I understand with the comic book logic to make a story go on. I just don't think that's. The, at least as of now, that's not it. But if that's it's it why later on, I, uh,
1: that's why I like. Well, that's why when you ask me what I thought of it, it's for me, it's like I can't. It's like you got to get past that kind of logic a little bit.
0: I, like uh, I said, for
1: me. Yeah,
0: I'm asking me. you. I'm just saying, and, but I'm giving you my and opinion. So,
1: but uh, yeah. So uh
0: but besides that I like it. Okay. That's a good story. Yeah, like I said, I was I'm not saying that's your opinion of it. I'm just saying why I disagree with your opinion, that's all. Yeah. Alright. So that was we'll find out what happens next time on Champions 2. Guys, we finally developed our time machine. Should we use it to go
2: back and see how Stonehenge was built? Or become friends with Hitler and convince him to stay in art school. Or we could go back in time and get the comic books we missed. Yeah. Yeah! The Comic Book Time Machine, a journey back in time to explore comic books, good and bad, whether from seven decades ago or seven days ago. Join our journey at comicbooktimemachine.com.
0: And rounding out this episode, we have Infinity Countdown Darkhawk issues two and three. What we're going to do is just give you the synopsis for both issues together, and then we're just going to talk about it all at once. Infinity Countdown Darkhawk, numbers two and three. Written by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims. Art and colors by Gang Huk Lim. Letters, virtual calligraphy and Travis Lanahan. Editors, Annalise Bissa, C.B. Zabolski, and Jordan D. White. Cover art for both issues was Scran Sewerswan. Both cover dated August 2018. Issue 2 was on sale June thirteenth, 2018, and Issue 3 on June twenty seventh, 2018. Both had a cover price of three ninety nine. dollars Issue 2 had a variant cover by Mike McCone and Rochelle Rosenberg. It has been reprinted only digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Chris Powell didn't know where the amulet came from. All he knew was that when he grasped it, he transformed into a being of great power. When he was young, he used that power to defeat crime, but now he keeps the streets clean as a police officer. It has been a long time since Chris was Darkhawk. Chris is now connected to the Darkhawk armor like never before. While learning more about his powers, he also discovered that the real fraternity of raptors has been reborn. Hoping to stop their reign of terror, Chris found an unlikely ally. Chris Powell, a.k.a. Darkhawk, meets up with his fiancée, Miranda, before going into space as the willing captive of freelance peacekeeping agent, Death's Head, who has been hired to bring him to the fraternity of raptors. Chris has been trying to find a way to get into space to deal with the fraternity, and this is the easiest way. Goodbye, said, and Miranda, mostly semi-comfortable with the idea. Chris and Death's Head are off. While sleeping on the way there, Chris has an encounter with Razor, the raptor whose body Chris uses when he turns into Darkhawk. However, he isn't able to get much out of Razor as he is woken up to find out they are under attack. Death's Head has arrived if Chris has contracted, but instead of paying, the raptors attack. Chris heads out to deal with them, but it is harder than he expected. He didn't know that the wannabe fraternity had been wiped out and he is now facing the real raptors. Beaten, Chris comes face to face with the raptors' leader, Geyer. He tells Chris of a raptor legend. The raptors were created to be synthetic versions of the cosmic-powered Starhawk. They want that power, but it requires two sacrifices. One willing, which will be Robbie Ryder, a.k.a. Talonar, and one unwilling, Chris. With that, Gyra removes the amulet attached to Chris's chest by punching right through it. He gives it to Robbie, who becomes Dark Starhawk, and the raptors head off to Earth while Chris lays on the ground dying. In issue 3, we start out in space as a Kree ship is saved from an attack by the Badoon because the Badoon ship was destroyed by Dark Starhawk just because he thought the Kree ship looked cooler. Back on the planet Arcturus, Darkhawk is laying there dying when he sees Razor, who has come in the form of a talking bird. Razor tells Darkhawk he had given him his body but was now going to give him his mind as well. With that, Chris sees the origin of the raptors. He sees the gardener of the Elders of the universe. The gardener had planted a seed in the Dark Force dimension, just to see what would happen, and then forgot about it. This forgotten seed would grow to become the Tree of Shadows. thousand years later, the ancient Shi'ar and Skrulls are fighting over the tree. One of the Shi'ar gets to the tree first, and is transformed into the first raptor by absorbing one of the seeds into its chest. At this early stage, it is still adaptable, and from the scrolls, learns how to shapeshift which is how the raptors are able to change to different forms. Razor tells Chris that by seeing this, it is now what sets him apart from the other raptors. They have specific forms they change to, but he now knows he can do more of that, including save his own life. With that, Chris is able to reform his Darkhawk body, although there is still a hole in the middle of his chest. Death's head now shows up. He is willing to go with Chris after the raptors, as being attacked when you show up with the requested merchandise is bad for business, yes? But his ship was destroyed. Chris tells him that's not going to be a problem. Back in space, just a few hours from Earth, the Raptors are in their ship, ready to use Dark Starhawk to destroy the Earth. When they see something confusing on their sensors, it reads like themselves, but larger. Much larger. Behind them, we can see what it is. It is Chris's Darkhawk armor, now grown to the size of a spaceship. All right. Darkhawk two and three, Joey. So overall, what'd you think of this? These two parts. It's a good story. Yeah, the Darkhawk story is really good. I think.
1: In this yeah, movie, I like in it. this. Even the cover. I'm looking at the cover right now, and it's a cool cover. It actually, is like one of those covers that like, this it has to do with the story. Which issue? Uh, Dark too. Oh, Darkhawk two. Okay. Infinity Countdown Darkhawk two. Darkhawk. Uh,
0: what's the cover you have? Because actually, the one I got is the variant cover. So it just has Darkhawk's face. And then on the background, it has, like, a whole bunch of other faces from the Marvel Universe.
1: Can you show me real quick? Can you put your video on real quick? Yeah. I'm going to put mine on real quick.
0: Oh. No,
1: mine's better. That one's cool. I mean, it's cool. But, like, look at...
0: Is my video on? Uh, Right now, I just see a reflection. Back it up a little bit. It's working like a mirror. Oh. It's, um... And I can't even see myself, so I can't, uh, fix it. Uh, oh, right here. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. It's his chest being ripped out. Yeah, it's not being ripped out. It's still, I am I know it's still hard to see. Oh.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's, it's like his, his hand, uh, I think the, it's obviously the, what's that guy's name, GR or something? Talonar. No, not Talonar. The other Oh, name. Geyer? Geyer, Yes. Yeah. His hand is reaching for the um, what do you call that diamond thing, emerald. Oh,
0: the uh, yeah, the amulet. The amulet in his chest. Yeah, I'm yeah. just looking it up right now here. Okay, I see it now. You see it? It's cool. Yep. Good story, even good cover. I do like so let's say going from the beginning. I like him talking to his girlfriend before, you know, or his fiance before he leaves, which is good if you you're involved in a serious relationship and you're not just going into space, but you're going into space as a prisoner, and you chose to be a prisoner. It's a good idea to tell your partner first. Good etiquette. Yeah. My funny. favorite, my favorite part is when he tells is when he tells uh, his girlfriend, his fiance, uh, the other guy's name. His name's Death's Head.
1: <laughs> Pretty sure he made that up himself. The whole that thing was, was funny. It was really like it was done well. Oh, I like the character. I like the. Uh, The back and forth between uh, Death's Head and uh, uh, Darkhawk. Darkhawk is funny, too, because he's just not really. He's like, don't worry. He's not. He's harmless. He's harmless.
0: He's a ride. That's all. I like when she first sees him. What's that? That was voted the galaxy's most professional sentient collection specialist three cycles running.
1: Just saying. Give credit where credit's due.
0: Or cash. Cash works, too.
1: Yeah. It was really good. So they go.
0: Yeah. They're in space and what do they teleport? Yeah, he teleports them onto the ship. I'll try to dark rock when I get there. Now wake me up when we get there. Yes? It's like great, now I'm doing it.
1: <laughs> That's actually they say, uh, when you do that when you're talking to somebody with an accent and you all of a sudden like start doing an accent a little bit too, you know, just a tiny bit. It's like, oh, <laughs> you're, uh, trying to, um, it's your way of trying to, um, connect with the person.
0: Mm. Yeah. That makes
1: sense. So they're sleeping, and he goes into... Razorland.
0: Yeah, he kind of has a little dream or something, and then wakes up because they're under attack. So, like, this
1: is different, because I didn't know that, um, I just thought he had got the suit. But this is a particular person.
0: Yeah, this apparently happened either later in the series or in... um, They reference a few times Darkhawk 51. Yeah, they do. Because Darkhawk lasted 50 issues. And then a few years ago, like two or three years ago, Marvel did a thing called Marvel Legacy. It was like their new branding. X-Men Legacy, yeah. Yeah, and one of the things they did with Legacy was they took a few series that had been canceled... And gave them one more issue. So Darkhawk so, fifty one. Exactly. So Darkhawk fifty one is where is probably where it got established that he was dating Miranda and he was a cop because Darkhawk was fifty issues and he was in high school when it started. So he probably was, maybe either still in high school or maybe in college when it ended. So you know, Darkhawk fifty one was kind of like jump. You know, was this is where he is now. That's cool. And then and obviously they're t- they're continuing on with these changes. So yeah, I like that because he's a fun character. Is this the
1: same writer that did all the Dark Hawks or at least Darkhawk Fifty One, that's doing this?
0: I have not read Fifty One, so I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm pretty certain certain these are not the I'm certain these are not the writers from the original series of Darkhawk.
1: Oh, because that's older.
0: Oh yeah, that was like mid '90s. Oh wow! Oh wow! So they he's been gone for a long time. I mean, he showed up a few times here and there randomly, but nothing is significant. Yeah, that was another thing I liked about the, I noticed it's not just this, also
1: in the Champions, they're doing that referencing thing, where they they say, like, you know, they talk about something and they reference the the comic book, the issue that it's been in. They don't always do that.
0: Yeah, I like when they do that, when they tell you this is where it comes from. Yeah. All right, so yeah, Darkhawk number one was March 1991 and ended with 50 April 95. So let's see who wrote number one. Danny Fingeroth wrote number one. That's a he funny used to name. Be, he used to be one of the editors of Spider-Man back in the 80s and early 90s. And issue 50, let's see who wrote that one. Also Danny Fingeroth. So definitely not the same guy. Uh, but 51 was written by the two guys who are writing this miniseries. Makes sense. Chris Sims and Chad, Bauer, Chad Bowers, they wrote 51. So they brought him back. So chances are they probably liked the Darkhawk series from years ago. So when they were working at Marvel, they got a chance to bring it back a bit and do something with it. You know, continue the story, which I like. They're not just changing everything around or just putting it back as it was originally. They're continuing his story. Yeah. Adding to the story. But yeah, so they get attacked, which Deathstead is very upset about because that is not the way to do business. It's very true. And if you tell somebody to come somewhere to book a product, you don't attack them for bringing you the product. And then Darkhawk gets his ass kicked because he thinks it's going to be the loser fraternity of Raptors, not the real Raptors. He's he's a pro football player thinking he's going to be playing a game against a bunch of high school, you know, against like you know the high school kids, and instead he's playing the Super Bowl champions by himself. By himself. Actually, not even high school kids. You know, he thinks he's playing the pee wee football team. Yeah. Like I can take them on by myself. That's fine. We'll have fun together. It'd be cool. And then all of a sudden he's playing a whole real practical pro football team on his own, and he's like, why the hell am I getting my ass kicked?
1: It's like in Three Amigos, where they think they're acting.
0: Oh, yeah. It's
1: like, wait a second, you shot me with a real bullet. Wait a
2: second. Let me see that. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, great! Real bullets! Oh, well. I'll keep this. You're in a lot of trouble,
0: mister! And then we get a little history lesson. And it involves Phoenix and Starhawk, who is from the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? Yeah. I'm sending you a picture of of Starhawk from the Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Looking at it. The one who knows.
0: Yeah. He was a cosmic power guy. And from what I remember, when they did his origin, it did involve this like hawk god that they show in the uh, like, it looks like Egyptian carvings, kind of like on a pyramid. Mm -hmm. That's what it looked like. So I guess it is the same one connected. Did
1: they mention that he eats phoenixes?
0: I don't think so. But they never say he didn't. True. True. By the way, wanna know something funny about Dark about Starhawk? Gosh. Yes. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Hmm. Where? But like because yeah, remember, Yondu was originally from the future. Yondu is an original Guardian. They just changed his story up for the movie. Yondu is the blue guy that has yeah. that that arrow yeah. that flies around. Yep. He's a what what is he? He was a he was from the original because the Guardians of the Galaxy were originally a team from the 31st century. They were from the far future. And so obviously they changed him a bit for for the uh, movie. You know, he was nowhere near like a mercenary. And he also is not from the 20th century. But, you know, they changed it for the movie. That's fine. They got to still put him in at least. But they also put Starhawk in, too. Do you know who played Starhawk in Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Wait, who was Starhawk? Well, you'll you'll know as soon as I tell you who played him. Here's a hint. Very, very famous. Probably the only person as famous as him in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was Kurt Russell.
1: I'm trying to think of the movie. I and he was he... only
0: he was only in for like five minutes. I might not remember. OK, I'm going to give you a hint and you will get it. OK.
2: Your agent, it's me, Rocky.
0: Oh, Rocky. OK, go on. He was Stallone played him in the movie. Obviously very changed. Yeah, but Stallone played him in the movie.
1: But Stallone was what was he? He was one of the leaders of uh,
0: the rap, of the not raptors, uh,
1: ravagers. Ravagers. And so Starhawk was never a leader of a, the ravagers.
0: Though I don't think the ravagers existed before the movie. Okay, so that's all made up. Yeah, I mean it's all made up. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, they changed it for the movie. That's different between the movie and the comics.
1: Okay, but in the movie, the uh, what's that guy? The blue guy's name? Yandu. Yandu was in that group called yeah. the, Ravagers. the the Ravagers. Okay, this is hard doing all these different. The only thing it's hard about with, especially with me doing all these different um, countdowns, is that like it's like a lot of. I'm, like, learning a lot of characters and background stories every single time, you know?
0: Yeah, because so they have a bunch of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to get my 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 to get my small brain around all this, all this stuff.
0: You're doing all right.
1: Yeah, I'm doing all right.
0: And, I mean, obviously the Stallone part wasn't necessary, but I thought it would be amusing. No, it's interesting. It's interesting. I want to hear
1: it. I, you know, I want to know about it. It's, I'm getting, like, myself, like, you know, I'm just trying to get it all categorized in my brain.
0: Yeah, so I'm actually kind of interested. I'm wondering if I reread the old Guardians of the Galaxy series when they talk about the origin of Starhawk. Is there anything that contradicts what they say here, or does it kind of, like, fit in together to make a bigger story?
1: So who were the original Guardians of the Galaxies? So Guardians of the Galaxy is supposed to be, like, Legion of DC? Eh, sort of. I mean, the idea that, like, all right. I mean, yeah, yeah. they're
0: a team in the future.
1: Yeah, it's like, well, we ran out of... we were filled with teams in the present, so we have it's to a go little, into the future.
0: It's a little different. The original concept for the Guardians of the Galaxy was that it's the 31st century. Earth has like spread out. It's colonized all the uh, the solar system, you know, Jupiter, Mars, etc. Uh huh. And the guard, and then the alien Badoon come o- come here and uh, attack and basically conquer the Earth. And so the Guardians of the Galaxy were like one person from like t- four of the different planets that were part of her, you know, colonies that escaped and kind of formed their team to, like, rebels.
1: Oh, okay. So you, I know I, you know I just what I know of the
0: Badoon? Of what?
1: Nothing except for in this issue, where they mentioned the Badoon.
0: Yeah. So, oh, I sent you a picture just... of the original Guardians.
1: I don't know these people. It's clobbering time. That's copyright infringement. Okay.
0: So, going from left to right, that's Nikki. She's okay. from Mercury. She's obviously very agile. She's very agile, and she's really good with shooting things. We got Starhawk over her. Is that like a gun on her arm. Yeah, like a wrist, okay. a wrist blaster. Uh, the silver, the guy in like who looks like kind of like Iceman is Martin X. He's from Pluto, which is why he was. They've been you know people have been genetically modified. You know that's why she looks like she has fire coming out of her head. She lives on Mercury. Mercury's one of the hottest planets. So, you know, those people there have been, you know, eventually were genetically modified. So, like, heat escapes from their heads to kind of help keep them from dealing with the heat of the planet. Yeah. And that's why he looks the way he does, because he's from Pluto. Starhawks above him? Is that what you said? Yeah, Starhawks above him. Okay. In the middle is Van, is Major Vance Astro. Uh, He was from the 20th century. I'm going to guess Jupiter. Or what? Where he's from. The planet. No, Major Vance Astro? Yeah. In the middle? No, he's from Earth. Oh, okay. All right. He's from the oh. 20th century. He was an astronaut. He was part of the first interstellar test. It was basically, it's like, we're going to put you in cryo, you know, like you're going to go in cryogenic storage and you're going to sleep for a thousand years. And that's how we're going to, you know, you're going to be the first Earth man to go to the stars because we have no way of going faster than light. And then about 300 years after he leaves, they discover how to go to faster than light. So when he wakes up in a thousand years on an alien planet, there's people from Earth there. They're like, oh. Hey, you're a legend. That's awesome. You got here, and also, yeah, you kind of threw your life away for nothing. Well, it was 300 years, right? Until yeah, they... but I mean, he gets there. He thinks he's gonna be the first Earth man there, and like, oh no, we've been here for a couple hundred years. How you doing? But isn't that better though? And also because of the fact he's a thousand years, uh, for a thousand years to keep him alive. He has that special suit on. He can't open, can't come out of it. It kind of helps. So he doesn't wash himself. The suit takes care of all functions. So it's not like he's dirty underneath or anything.
1: How does he have uh, relations? He does not. Dude, that sucks.
0: Yeah. But also if the suit gets ripped open, I mean, it's pretty durable. But if the suit gets ripped open, contact with the air would start aging his body. So that's Major Astro. Actually, do you remember Astra. Yes. Do you remember the new- of,
1: uh, Now I'm thinking of uh, the Jetsons. Yeah. Now Is that a guy's name, Astra?
0: Oh, that's the dog, yeah.
1: Oh, I thought the kid was name is Astra.
0: Alright, anyway. No, the kid was Elroy.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. Alright, go on. Yeah. Do I remember, do remember what
0: the New Warriors?
1: Um Yeah, it was that like, I remember mainly the the guy. Who they blamed for um, that that bus incident where Nitro blew up the bus of school kids? Oh, Speedball.
0: Speedball, yeah. Do you remember there was a there was a character called Marvel Boy and later on called Justice who had like telekinetic powers? He was dating Firestar. No, telekinetic powers. Yeah.
1: His name was Marvel Boy, and then it changed to who? Justice. It's a dumb name. Well copyright they had a copyright on the name justice they gotta use it that makes sense i'm gonna call myself justice because i'm about justice anyway what about the rest of us you don't think we're for justice as well i just
0: sent you justice look at his costume oh okay the same thing they're the same guy is it just different guardians is an alternate timeline so in that world, he became an astronaut and went to the future. On the re- regular Marvel world, he stayed in the 20th century and became a superhero.
1: Well, that's cool.
0: I like that. So anyway, that's it. That's Astro. Is he has telekinetic powers in this? Uh, sort of. He, his didn't develop the same way, so he has, like, a, it's called psychokinetic. So he can kind of, like, just do like a, a blast. You know, he can't really control it. He can, like, do a blast and knock people down, or, like, if he jumps out of a building, he'll, like, blast to the ground to kind of keep him from falling all the way, you know, slow down his fall, things like that. That's cool.
1: Sometimes less is more, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, so then there's Yondu. Oh, that's Yondu.
1: Yeah. Is it, What's that on his head? That's his fin. Oh, I
0: guess he did have a fin, but like a much smaller fin. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, he had a smaller one in the movie. It also was kind of fake. This is real. That's actually part of his body. Is that a sword on his
1: crotch, or is that just his outfit?
0: He's... It's small. I mean, there is a there is
1: a small sword, but yeah. I mean that big thing, that yellow thing. Uh, I have to make the picture bigger. Hold on.
0: No, no, just it's like a loincloth, sort of.
1: What's like that in his hand? It? Is Oh yeah, sorry. Go on. That's a, It's a bow. It's a bow. Okay.
0: Does the he are, make that arrow move around like in yes. the moving? Yes, he does. Oh, that's cool. And then there's Charlie Twenty Seven, who is from Jupiter.
1: Ah, oh, okay. I wouldn't have gotten that. I would have sent Saturn.
0: So that's the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Why 27? I don't know. It sounded futuristic, probably. Yeah, it makes sense. Johnny number 5, Charlie exactly. 27. Exactly. So that's the original Guardians of the Galaxy. I like it. Yeah, they travel traveled back in time a bunch of times. They hung out the Avengers several times. Does anybody remember them? Yeah. But anyway, so I kind of want to go back and read that, that, that series again a bit to see the uh, origin of Starhawk and see how it goes along with this story of Starhawk.
1: Maybe you should do a podcast on it.
0: Uh, I don't have time for that.
1: Maybe one day.
0: Put it on the list. That's what I do. Yeah, I have a long list of stuff I want to podcast about.
1: Oh, yeah. I have a really long list, and when people tell me, oh, you should do that, I'm like, it's on the list. I just put it on there. I'm not saying I'll ever get to it, because I put a lot of things on the list, and I don't go very fast. Let's see if I get one thing done a week of things that are on the list i might i probably put 20 things on that list
0: yeah so the you know phoenix is obviously from the x-men yes and apparently starhawk is the predator of the phoenix makes sense and the raptors are a synthetic version of starhawk which makes yes. sense why they have the whole bird motif going on yeah the whole bird though and apparently to be have the power of the actual starhawk they need two sacrifices or two tributes. One willing, which is Talonar, and one forced, which is Darkhawk. And uh, he takes Darkhawk's Hawk, Dark amulet that changes him, and he doesn't just take it. He punches him through the chest. This guy's a jerk. Yeah. Wait, he ripped, does he rip it out of his chest? Uh, well, it is connected to his chest, so you would have to rip it out of his chest. Or what he, he does, through. he punches yeah, it Yeah, punch through. right through. And then gives it... Yeah, and then Talonar gets it, and now Talonar is Starhawk. Starhawk. Has incredible cosmic powers, and they're going to Earth. Well, Starhawk is, like, Darkhawk lays there dying. Because that's what you do when you have a giant hole punched in your chest. And out of your back.
1: You would think, though, for usually a sacrifice means that you have to die, not be dying. But that's okay.
0: I'm assuming if you punch somebody through their chest and out the back, you're going to assume they're dead.
1: No, but, I mean, it's not an assumption. You have to be dead for this for the sacrifice. You can't—if he's not—it doesn't matter if you assume he's dead or dying or not. They have to be dead.
0: No, I guess not.
1: I guess not. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that was it, right? Now, yeah, now number under three.
0: Right? Yep. We start off with the uh, a battle between between the Cree and the Badoon, where the Badoon all of a sudden are just wiped out. They don't even show the Badoon, do they? They just you just see the two ships in the first page.
1: Let me Because 'Cause I'm hearing all about this badoon. And I don't Yeah. I don't know anything about them, but that's okay. Uh, DC? Is that how you say that guy's
0: name? Captain yeah, I'm DC. assuming it was a joke about D C or something.
1: Oh. I didn't I didn't get that.
0: Did you ever see, never heard of this guy before? No, he's just random Kree guy. What's that blue shit on his face? Is that normal? Kree have two skin colors. There's uh, what they call pink screen, pink screen, uh, pink skin. skinned Kree, like uh, Captain Marvel, you know Marvel, and yeah. then
1: there's the blue skinned Kree. Oh, I see. He's blue skinned with white beard.
0: Yep. I thought he was patchy. The first few panels, it doesn't really look very good. It's then afterwards where you could actually see it pretty good.
1: Yeah. Oh, you're and right. I just
0: sent you a picture of uh, the doom What they look like?
1: Silver Surfer fighting them. Yeah,
0: they're alien reptiles, basically.
1: Oh yeah, they look like. Uh, remember Lord of the Rings. The, uh, the, you know, they look like some of the uh, orcs in Lord of the Rings, the animated movie.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
1: You know what I mean?
0: I think I do. I'll have to look that up later. Yeah. Or at least when... put a clip in from one of the songs. <laughs> yeah, those songs are good.
2: Open. We don't want to go Friend's to war friend. today, friend. but the Lord of the Lashes has been
0: But anyway, I do like this part with the ship. Inbound torpedo! All hands, brace for impact! And then you, you see him sitting there bracing for impact, and it's like, uh, status report? Like, we were supposed to get shot? Why didn't we get shot?
1: <laughs> yeah. When you put that song, if you put a song on, make sure to put, like remember that i know there's one song is like the greatest adventure <laughs> oh from the hobbit yeah oh yeah okay. it was from the hobbit either way, you don't have to put that one in. <laughs>
2: the greatest adventure is there
0: Go on, so they see Starhawk. Yeah, Starhawk saved them, basically because he thought their ship looked cooler. That's funny. Meanwhile, Chris is having his uh, spirit journey, or whatever you want to call it, hallucinations, seeing Razor, who is the one who uh, gave him the, you know, whose body he's using. And he said, I gave you the control of my body, but now you're going to get all my memories, you know, my memories, and know everything about us. So are we just
1: going to ignore the, Person that he's on top of is he not? Is that like, is this supposed to be like a reverse effect where the the bird is the the real one and the person is like the pet or so?
0: I think what is supposed to be is that the bird is what's left of like left the razor separately. I don't know.
1: Okay, just wondering.
0: Yeah. I mean, I they don't he, mention anything of it. Yeah, that body kind of just vanishes. It's the bird that stays.
1: Oh, it does vanish. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so we get the origin of the raptors, starting with the elders of the universe.
1: Yeah, go over this. I want to make sure I understood this all.
0: Okay, so the elders of the universe are exactly what they say. They They are the last survivors of some of the first planets to ever gain life in the beginning of the universe. They're so old that their planets had formed, cooled, formed intelligent life. It evolved and eventually died out except for these are the last of each. Like now billions of years but like millions and millions of years before earth even formed.
1: Now, all right, so you said remember you said that Marvel has like seven what is it like versions of the universe, seven different sections in time.
0: The Marvel universe has been restart, you know, has been the multi it's the universe has been re, uh, like has started and ended a couple times. So uh, yeah and we're at what what uh, uh I think they said version seven seven but and this is still from the beginning of e- they, they were in the last few universes too but they would be like in the begin you know they would still be from each universe
1: even from the first
0: I don't know about the first I just know about the you know at least the last few ones since Got Marvel first showing okay because it looked like there were a few versions of the, of the Marvel universe before you know the one we were reading you know that's been around since the 60s.
1: Which is, but we're in a new universe now, right? After yeah, the... but you don't have to worry about that for this. I know, I'm just trying to get my head around it.
0: You yeah. Know? So, like, if this is, okay, I got it, go on. Yeah, so they're still part of this universe. They're not, like, from an earlier universe. They're just still the earliest people alive in this universe. Got it. So those are the Elders. And like we would said before, the Collector and the Grandmaster were used in the movies. Yes. Because the Collector was Benicio Del Toro in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. hmm And the Grandmaster was... Um, why do I keep forgetting his name from the Thor Fly. Ragnarok? The Fly. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing about the Elders, one of the reasons is because they're so old. And it kind of goes along with something you said. You know, it's it's something that's said, like, when you retire, if, like, you know, they say, a lot of times they'll say, like, if you don't have anything to do, you'll end up, like, being a lot older quickly than if you actually have something
1: yeah you got to you know, keep going
0: a hobby an activity a part-time job something that gives you a reason to get up and do yeah. and it kind of is the same thing with the, with the elders each of the elders they don't even go by their names anymore they just go by what their title is it's just like they have kind of like pick it's almost like they picked a hobby and that's what they're that's what they do yeah you know the collector collects the grandmaster deals with the games the runner runs there's the champion which basically just fights people. You know, to prove who's the strongest and the best. And there's several. There's several that weren't shown here. And of mm. course, there's the gardener, and he gardens. I and like he wants, He's the one that planted the seed. Yeah, he planted the seed in this one area where nothing would grow, and forgot about it. Of course. And eventually, this from wherever bizarre area it's in, it's uh the tree of shadows, is what the tree, what he planted grows. And then we see ancient versions of the scrolls and the Shi'ar fighting. Where the tree is. So obviously you know what the scrolls are. And I know the Shiar as well. Yeah. Yeah, from the Shiar, yeah. And they are evolved from birds. That was, you know, that's, they're like a bird-like race.
1: Yeah, which is why they did look bird-like. Not this
0: bird-like, but. These are, you know, ones from like thousands of years ago. Yeah, exactly. You know, these are like the cave people. And apparently got one, you know, the Shiar is the one who first got to the fruit from this tree. And that created the first raptor. So it's based on, since it's based on the Shiar, it's going to be bird like. But since it's still able to adapt because it's so early in it, when it sees a Skrull shapeshift, it's able to shapeshift a bit too. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. So that's the origin of the, you know, the full origin of the raptors. (laughs) So what he's telling, he's telling, you know, Razor is telling Darkhawk is all these other raptors are kind of synthetic and they're, they're the great, one of the greatest fighting forces ever, but they're very regimented, you know. Their shapeshifting is like, Form one, form two, form three, form four. They don't have any imagination for it. They only form what they know they can form, and that's it. They only know this is what you can do. You can do A, B, C, and D, and nothing else. It's like your possibilities are infinite. Exactly. And so Darkhawk is able to reform his body, although he does still have a hole in the middle. And I guess it wasn't fully a hallucination because the bird is there, because Death's Heads can see the bird. Although he says they're not, you know, they're great creatures and pets in theory, but they're really filthy. It's funny.
1: So does his bird, oh yeah, now he has the bird with him. Yeah. Like the whole time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> now he's going to go chase them.
1: I guess it's a hawk, right?
0: Yeah, probably.
1: I don't know my birds.
0: No, me either, no. but I'm going to go for a hawk. Yeah. So he's going to go chase them. And Death says like, but you're just going to leave me here? It's like, after I helped you? It's like, you can come if you want. But he has like a look of worry.
1: Is that just something that they don't show yet, right?
0: No. Well, you get to the. We'll see that in a
1: minute. Oh, we will. Okay. Yeah.
0: So we go. We jump now. Out a few hours from Earth, in the <clears> ship that the Raptors are in, ready to destroy, going to destroy the planet, and then all of a sudden, uh, sir, we're seeing something on the system that looks like us chasing us. And look what look what uh, Geyer says. That thing out there is not a Raptor. It's too large. And we see. Basically, compared if you can see the back of the ship, it looks like a giant version of Darkhawk.
1: Oh, that ship is dark. uh, Is a version of that's a ship, not Darkhawk.
0: That is Darkhawk. Oh, oh, he's just he's made himself. Yeah, he's made himself basically into a ship. Oh, okay. He's chasing. He's the size of their spaceship, chasing them through space. That's why he told Death's Head there'll be enough room for you. Oh, oh, he's inside of (laughs) him. Think of him like a transformer now.
1: Oh, I guess that's a better way of thinking. (laughs) I'm not going to say what I was thinking.
0: Shut up. So, yeah, that was cool. Stuff happens. We learn things. Yeah, I like these issues. They're really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, Darkhawk was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It's a nice little side story. You know, it's not the main Infinity Countdown story, but it has to do with, like, what happened to the raptors after they finished the battle with the uh, Chitauri and the uh, Guardians.
1: It's a good side story because it adds to the story. I mean, you know, obviously, like, it might not be necessary.
0: Yeah, but it's but a,
1: it still adds to the story where some of the other stories, like, are, you know, they're not, they might not, you know, this adds, it adds to the story. I don't know how else to explain it. It's, uh, I like it.
0: Yeah, no, like, this, like, both this month, both Darkhawk and Champions are kind of going on, like, what happened after that battle. You know, Champions, we see what happened to Warbringer and his army. And Darkhawk, we see what happened to the Raptors. Yeah. We're we're dealing with the after effects of the battle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the other one shots, like the Captain Marvel, the Black Widow, and the uh, Daredevil, they're more setting up people who are going to be in Infinity Wars. Yes. Which, to be fair, Infinity Countdown is basically leading to Infinity Wars. That is true but the main Infinity Countdown story really had nothing to do with them. This at least, t- you know, ties into that more.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: Those uh, those other three almost would have made more sense to be come out later and be called Infinity Wars, Captain Marvel, Black Widow, and Daredevil. Yeah.
2: It's midnight. The podcasting hour. Hello, listeners. It's your friend, PJ Frightful. That's PJ as in Podcast Jockey, and I'm dropping dreadful new episodes every two weeks. When the clock strikes midnight, the podcasting hour shines a candle on the dark corners of DC Comics, those supernatural sagas of Swamp Thing, Dead Man, The Spectre, and more. The Podcasting Hour. It's a rotating anthology series boasting the terrifying talents of Ryan Daly, Rob Kelly, Paul Hicks, Ben Avery, Doug Zavisha, and other unfortunate souls. Prepare for the unexpected, open a doorway to nightmare, and enter the houses of mystery and secrets. The moon is full, and the dark spirits are rising. For it's midnight, the podcasting hour. Coming this Halloween, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Beware.
0: Before we finish the episode, it's time to cover some feedback. And this time we are talking about feedback on episode 101, which was part four of our Infinity Countdown coverage. On Facebook, that episode was liked and shared by Joe Sedano, John M. Wilson, Bill Bear, Andy Handova, Jesse Starcher, Gene Hendricks, Pat Sampson, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, Clinton Robinson, Hal Jordan, Aaron Head Moss, and Dan Ostroff. On Twitter, it was liked and retweeted by Hashtag Source Material. What Would Cap Do? CA-34. Trekker Talk. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Jason Snick Venable. Into the Weird, Mr. Podcast A lot, Kevin Collins, Sad Thanos, Samurai Spirit and Dano Cosmic. And while we're here, it's time to thank a few more of the people who are following our Tumblr page, which is ResurrectionsAdamWarlock.tumblr.com. So thank you to White Lion fourteen twenty seven, Black Art Blogger, Mark Anthony sixty one, Marvel Homebase, and Wordsmith Mac. And also thanks to all five of you for actually having Tumblr names that I could pronounce. But wait, we're not done yet. We do have an email. And this one comes from David uh, for on August 10th, and it is titled Roy Thomas. Hi Al, just heard the episode with the appearance of death with the Golden Age Angel. You asked about how to pronounce my name, and you are spot on. It's pronounced exactly as it's spelled. It's astonishing to me how many people have trouble with it. Even my wife kept her maiden name. It's the name of a village in the north of England, by the way. Does that mean your family settled that village? That's pretty cool, actually. You asked me for a source on my comments about Roy Thomas' editorial policy in the early 70s. It took me a couple days to track it down, but I found something appropriate in an interview with Roy in Tomorrow's comic book artist, Issue 2, from the late 90s. It's all about his Marvel work in the 70s. Quote, They basically served as unpaid de facto editors, and, in return, they got a fair amount of freedom. If it didn't work out and the book got cancelled... The writer might or might not get a replacement book. If he went too far, I would try and catch it at the last minute. And if not, we'd say, hey, no more of this. So long as it would sell, I gave him a fair amount of freedom. End quote. The word he uses to describe himself for having this editorial policy is lazy. (laughs) I've got nine episodes to go before I'm up to date, but I'll be skipping the endgame coverage as I've not seen it yet. I'm waiting for the 3D Blu-ray. Cheers, David. Well, David, thanks for telling me where you found that from. That's pretty cool. And yeah, pretty much everything from Two Mars is great. And they're a great resource for whatever your comic-related questions are, especially if it's gold and silver or bronze age stuff. And also, I hope by now you've had a chance to see the movie, and hopefully you enjoyed it. All right, I do have a few more emails, so we'll get to another one next episode. But if you'd like to send an email, ResurrectionsPodcast at yahoo.com. Also, we have a Facebook page. Just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in the search box and we'll pop up. We're on Twitter, at AdamThanosPod. Talk to me about Marvel Cosmic stuff. Talk to me about any other comic stuff. I like other comics. And of course, you can always leave an iTunes review, because iTunes reviews are awesome. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is Radio On Demand. A free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS android nook and ipad don't have stitcher download it free today at stitcher.com or in the app store all right well that's it for this month now that is that's all you got. yep uh next month sorry not this month this episode i don't want to say month next episode we are finishing up infinity countdown we are we'll get to the end of it so we'll see what happens and we'll more importantly we will see how the nova story ties up for joey we will
1: from champions yes
0: we'll see how you feel about it then
1: i'll feel the same way all right we'll see all right all
0: right that's it bye bye You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. I hear you? Ye- I hope so. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. All right. Let me go to the right comic.
0: Yep.